When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies, and it is the end of the year. Technically, it's New Year's Day, and it's the beginning of the new year. It's the only time when you'll hear TV reviews on the main feed. That's right. We are looking back at uh, 2022 in TV. Um, we also have done our best movies of the year, which is available to listen to now if you have not already listened to it. If you have already listened to it, um, then mere moments have passed since we just finished <laughs> recording that, and uh, I have just my, the porn star martini I ordered has just arrived um, so I ordered booth. it in one episode it has arrived in another I love this we are, we're in a little booth in a bar uh, it's perfect for recording and um, Kathy's Negroni is there my Negroni with a bit of Prosecco in it is yeah. here and uh, we're, we're normally tipsy, out walking perhaps. and talking but today we're in a booth um, it's been a cracking year for TV we have had the best time over on our Patreon doing so many TV reviews, more than I think we ever dreamed. We may have slightly regretted doing both. Um, House of the, the Dragon Rings. and Rings of Power back to back weekly episodes <laughs> at the same time. That was a bad idea. But certainly you guys uh, got a lot of value yeah. out of us. Um, but we're here to talk about our. We're going to talk about our best TV of 2022. This was a great year for TV. Great year. Like, I'm looking at this list and. My top, the top five are incredible, and then everything in our the honourable mentions outside the top five. We have a new category this is year. Brilliant. Much like our TV, uh, our film review, we have a new category this year, and our new category, the year that was in it, is feel good. So the TV Joy shows. Watch. Joy Watch. Okay, we both called it different things. Oh, I thought I thought that's what you called it. Well, it's either or. It yeah. was uh, TV that you know may not have cracked the top five, but that actually just made us really happy when we watched it. Um, so we've got best coming up. Honorable mentions, feel good slash joy watch. The guilty pleasure. 
the guilty pleasure and bad and the most disappointing oh okay oh you didn't do we, that we, we really crossed our <laughs> really <laughs> I crossed. did that um, <laughs> I can very quickly do that <laughs> we'll come to that in a minute because we're going to take some breaks because yeah. this is a long old stretch so yeah. strap in We're good. first let's kick it off with our top five TV shows of the year uh, Kathy, what was your top five okay what was your what was your number five my number five totally surprised me this year um so a lot of you will be aware of the Elizabeth Holmes case the trial uh, about her company Theranos and um, how they did loads of dodgy things and pretended that they could you know find diseases in, in blood tests that were done through the pick of her finger it was all total bull and she's a massive scammer I had listened very in-depthly to the podcast about it it's a great podcast knew the, the podcast called The Dropout and knew a lot about it and then I heard that a series was coming out um, in the UK and Ireland and Disney Plus in Hulu in the States starring Amanda Seyfried about it called The Dropout and I was like oh look I've, I've, I've listened to the podcast nothing else for me to know I'll throw on the first episode to see what it's like it's fantastic and The Dropout is my number five if you like me have know a lot about it if you've also watched the HBO documentary which I had watched and some of you may have even read the book which I had drawn the line at Blood this Money is the film, book right? I can't remember the name I of the book so. but this TV show finds a way to retell the story in the most compelling way and um, Amanda Siegfried is so good as Elizabeth Holmes that they had actually commissioned and were in like pre-production for a film starring Jennifer Lawrence right they bought the rights and everything Jennifer Lawrence saw this performance and was like I'm not doing it is that right yeah I did not know that this is so perfect that you couldn't yeah you'd, how you'd could you top it you'd actually embarrass yourself yeah. if you tried to top this so it's a fantastic if you know nothing about Theranos you just enjoy it as a story about how like Silicon Valley works and kind of the rise and fall of this really famous influencer and someone who models themselves in the image of Steve Jobs and it's really fascinating with something like Apple right when they launched the iPhone initially the very first time they launched it like it wasn't fully operational it didn't matter because it operated soon after it's a phone who cares if you're talking about blood results of yeah. human beings and you're talking about diagnosing conditions it is dark and it is evil to make that up and that's the problem because she was playing the same Silicon Valley game yeah. but with higher stakes with, with human lives yeah. and, um, but she's a very fascinating character and then her partner at the time who is played by um, oh, the actor's name escapes me but he's oh, played Saeed and Lost. Lost those two actors on screen together are just phenomenal together and it's just a cracking show like we were desperate to watch it week to week um, we couldn't stop watching it and I just find it hugely compelling so yeah drop out on Disney Plus Naveen Andrews Naveen Andrews he's amazing unrecognisable nearly so the drop out on uh, Disney Plus slash Hulu was number five for me Um, loved it I I, I can and when we were going through all the stuff we'd watched this year and I was really thinking about it I, I don't know that when I was watching The Dropout I would have thought it would end up in my top five but reflecting on the year that was in it it's just yeah it's really stuck with me it's phenomenal it's a brilliant brilliant TV show um, my number five of the year is uh, is it House of the Dragon or The House of the Dragon I have no idea I think it's House <laughs> it's your list there's no definitive article <laughs> uh, it's House of the Dragon um, on HBO or Sky Atlantic this is a show that we both kind of hated <laughs> off and on kind of hated as we were watching it at one point because we were reviewing it every week at one point I said to Dave I can't watch it anymore (laughs) yeah Cathy Cathy at one point said I'm out find a new (laughs) co-host give Joe Kiley a text get him in here Um, 
it, this show, I think, week to week was a little bit of a struggle because it takes huge. It's very ambitious. It takes. It does. It's trying to tell a story over decades in ten episodes, mm-hmm. right? And, it's, and this is only season one. Um, and I don't think it was wholly successful on that front. But I gotta say. By the end, I was incredibly happy with the whole thing as it a whole. It paid off very well. Episodes eight and nine, in particular, were so good. They were they were two of the best TV episodes I saw this year. We had so much fun reviewing those. It was, and so overall, it it has great performances on it. In it, it is Game of Thrones back on form. I would say, mm-hmm. um, and so it was good to be back in that universe. Um, it, there are some brilliant, brilliant performances in here. It is setting up to be a huge epic battle between, like, two houses, or one house, really, with that is that civil war. Um, it all, and I'm all excited ev- for season all two. all led up to this moment yeah. of me drinking a Negroni with Prosecco in it. Oh, sorry. Dave, it, stop talking, talking about your about. TikTok <laughs> trend. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, do you know what? House of the Dragon isn't in my top five, but um, I was glad to be back in the world, and I loved the last couple of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Now this one wasn't such a slam dunk as it was like barely made my top five. My top four are locked in and have okay. been for a long time. So go. But it was but it was one that we spent a lot of time talking about and watching this year. Yeah. So it's worth it. It won me over in the end, despite its um, fault. My number four of the year was The White Lotus season two. Oh yeah. I struggled. Do you know what? My film list was much more definitive for me. My TV one's been hopping around. So at one point, The White Lotus was my number two. It's jumped up to my number four now. Jumped um, down, right, surely. Jumped down to my number four now. And we spent a lot of time talking about this as well on our Patreon. But The White Lotus season two for me was absolutely fantastic. White Lotus season one for me was in my top five last year. So this is two years in a row where the show's in my top five. Um, Mike White is a genius, the creator uh, of the show. It's so... For anyone who doesn't know, White Lotus season one is set in a resort in, I believe it was Hawaii. Hawaii. Um, all these rich people go to this resort, right? And it was very much, it was, it's nominally a murder mystery, but it's really a character show, and it was kind of really dealing with like class, right? Season two is a different resort called the White Lotus. All different characters, bar one, Jennifer Coolidge, who's possibly the greatest comedic actress of all time. So good. And it's set in a resort in Sicily. And the kind of theme of this season is like sex and transactional sex. How in every relationship there's some sort of transaction when it comes to sex. And um, has a better murder mystery than the first season. And I, I, I loathe to like compare them because I, don't, I just like comparing things like that. But... But by the end, I think I was enjoying it more than the first season. But at oh, the beginning, really? I was enjoying it less. I had a real roller coaster okay. with it. But what was the most fun about watching White Lotus every week is the memes, all the chatter online about it. It was event TV. It was event TV, which yeah. I think was surprising. More so than House more of the Dragon. S- well, and it followed. Maybe not the, more so. But I, it was a, more. So, it was a surprise as event TV. Like House I, of the Dragon was always going to be event TV. I really believed this in it though because the HBO Sunday night slot is the slot right for event yeah. TV. And when they, when I heard they the White Lotus, insisted on that as well, right? It picked up from House of the Dragon. Right? Well, when I heard that it was coming the week after House of the Dragon in the Sunday night slot, I suddenly was like, "Oh, this show's going to be good," because they yeah. would never do that. And that's the slot come January that um, the Last of Us is going to be in. I can't wait for that. The online frenzy about the White Lotus was so much fun. And now I'm talking myself into wishing it was higher up my list, but um, I had so much fun with it's it. Never and too I, late, guys. <laughs> You're in, it on the spot. In love with Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. If you haven't watched and it, I, or if you did watch it, like I, f- and I know a few people watched it and turned it off because they got a bit bored. Oh, finish it. Keep going. Finish it because episode, episode five, seven. 
but episode five is when it kicks off. Yes, but episode the final episode was yeah, yeah. fantastic. Go for it. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. that's my number four. The right la- it does get going. It's on um, HBO and Sky Atlantic. Okay, love it. Um, my number four of the year is The Rehearsal um, by Nathan Fielder on HBO or Sky Atlantic as well. I think I, I'm looking at... I'm look, if, if I was to break HBO down... HBO always knocks it out of the park. Yeah, I've got... Don't, no, no, no. Okay, no, I, I won't tell you how many. Oh, by the um, way, we didn't say But it's, it's a HBO landslide. We didn't say for uh, upfront because we had too much to drink before we hit record. We don't tell each other our list. So as always, oh, yeah. total surprise to each of us. Yeah. And as always... And a delight. A delight. It's always a delight to discover your list and yeah. where we differ. And I all as always, they're subjective. There are opinions, as I've already mentioned, from one day to the next. My list has hopped around a bit. So you um, really struggled. We've been chatting with, yeah. away as we've made these. I struggle lists with the TV list more than the movie one. It's yeah. just so much good TV. I struggled only with slot number five. House <laughs> of the Dragon like scraped its way in there. <laughs> anyway, um, what's your number? But four? the rehearsal was dead set on my top five from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a show. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, it is a. Um, Nathan Fielder is a comedian who uh, created a show called Nathan For You, which was a sort of a, uh, probably a parody of those uh, sort of self-help uh, documentary series, uh, reality shows uh, that were famous in the, in the noughties. So, you know, he, it was, he came in and helped struggling businesses, um, but it was all a piss take, right? Mm-hmm. This is his, him moving on that genre. At the end of Nathan For You, he does start to do things which clearly are the genesis for The Rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And The Rehearsal is a show where Nathan Fielder takes normal people, right, who are facing an uncomfortable situation. So in the first episode, it's somebody who wishes to uh, tell one of their friends that they had lied about lot many years ago about having a master's degree. They don't <laughs> have a master's degree and they, they want to come clean. And they're nervous about the situation. So what Nathan Fielder provides in this show, and they're nominally real people, whether or not you believe it or not. Um, so it's reality TV. He provides a rehearsal space for to rehearse that that scenario, that confrontation. So he he recreates with, and he he says this throughout the show. I'm using HBO's money to do this. He, <laughs> he, he goes to a warehouse, creates the bar, recreates the bar down to the like the coasters down to the, every detail of where this where this like showdown will happen he hires actors he then he, then makes the actors shadow the woman he's going to have the conversation with to learn everything about them so that so that they can so that it's more convincing performance and that guys is episode 1 and, and let's where this, not say where this goes where this goes where this show goes you will not expect Dave it is a rabbit hole and I think on episode 3 you said you have to watch the show with me and because it's not quite episodic it was fine for me to jump in on episode 3 but I would recommend watching it from the so beginning so good and then you got my mom into it who's obsessed with it guys it is this show is unlike any I've ever seen Nathan Fielder is a legitimate genius he's so you know, un- so interestingly some of our patrons and we'll get to their rest of the year couple of them said it was the best couple of them said it was the worst oh interesting yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah I don't think it's for everyone um, I think you will argue with each other over how much of it is real how much of it is constructed a lot of it is clearly is constructed but the the payoff a, the the a weird introspective rabbit hole journey that Nathan Fielder the character goes on is so fascinating. fascinating. Can I say that one of my so best TV funny. scenes... Guys, that's the other thing. It so is funny. so funny. One of my best TV scenes of the year happened in the rehearsal and all I'll say is a kid goes down the slide that, and, and yeah. you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. Um, my number three of the year is a show that I literally just watched 
when I was sick with COVID and lying on the sofa all day. And it was, when I say one of the best days of my life, um, I pinched it so bad. It's called The Traitors. It is a reality TV format. It just launched this year. This was the British version. It aired on BBC. It is coming an American to NBC coming, right? in January. Yeah. And they shot it in the same Scottish castle. So, and, f- and former guest of this podcast, yeah. Lee Gant, wrote, uh, worked on both series. Yeah. yeah, he writes the lines for the host. So that is thrilling for us. I tried to get him to come on the podcast and talk about it. He pretended not to see that. I believe he signed it. <laughs> I believe he signed an NDA. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the traitors... If you're a fan of competition reality TV, uh, much like Mike White, who wrote The White Lotus and was in The Survivor and uh, The Amazing Race. Um, Which is a great fact that I very recently learned. Um, The Traitors, because it's season one, makes it so good. I I truly always believe that the best season of a reality uh, TV show is the first season because they're kind of pure. Yeah. What I love about The Traitors is, first of all, there's no like influencers in it, right? Like, when you watch something like Love Island, you're just watching a load of semi-celebrities, right, hook up. The Traitors is, like, the most normal what people. Wannabe semi-celebrities. Well, no, but a lot of them are. They're already influencers. Oh, right, right. The Traitors is, like, they, they cast it really well. It's really diverse and interesting people, crucially all of whom really need the money because there's an ultimate potential price fund of, like, a, of 125 grand. And these people really need the money, right? They're just, like, normal people who need money for all the normal reasons people need money. And it's like a competition show, and the only way I can describe it for anyone who hasn't seen it is it's like um, a murder mystery set in a castle, and there's traitors. So there's 12 people, three of whom are traitors, nine of whom are faithfuls, and the faithfuls are trying to read out, weed out the traitors, and the traitors are like murdering the faithfuls in their sleep. <laughs> it's so fun. How did they murder them in their sleep? You'd have to watch I, it to I find need to out. watch this. I had the, honestly the best fun, and kind of reminded me of, you know, when you watch like the those of us who remember season one of Big Brother and how interesting and experimental and like cool that was now I need to get into Survivor because I believe I think I'd really like Survivor Um, the Traitors is so good everyone who watched it is obsessed with it everyone online was talking about it and it was just this massive hit for the BBC and um, I can't wait I'm going to watch the American one in January but then I can't wait to see season two because they're going to have to change so many format points because all the twists are gone now Right. They're already talking about making a celebrity one, which I find less interesting. I know people, I know the celebrity one will still be compelling because people want to win because people are naturally competitive. But what the celebrity versions never have is the edge of real people who need real prize, money, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, this a guy, a woman in this show who's like got no hand because she was in a car accident, her hand was knocked off. She wants a robotic hand. That's never going to be the same as a celebrity who's already rich trying to raise money for charity. Yeah. Um, because celebrities, sorry if you didn't know, you could just donate money to charity. You don't need to go on a reality show to do it. Uh, so anyway, um, the traitors. You would have loved it. I'm sorry you missed it. And um, absolute best crack of the year for me. Loved it. Okay. Um, and Lee, friend of the podcast, you did an excellent job writing Claudia's lines. Please come on, Lee, and talk with Kathy. <laughs> when your NDA expires, N- oh, he was messaging me. His NDA probably expires in like 30 years, so we'll have him on then. Oh, excellent. Okay, see you in 30 <laughs> years. Um, okay, the, um, my number three of the year is The Bear on Disney Plus in um, uh, the UK and Ireland and, and Hulu, I think. No, sorry, it's FX, so maybe it's on Hulu. Oh, God, I don't I know. I have no idea. I don't know how America works. <laughs> um, 
This is a show that uh, we started together and you said, no, this is too stressful. Exactly like Boiling Point film. Yes. <laughs> Turns out I could never be a chef. You can't hack it in the kitchen. <laughs> I um, and I, I, I will admit I it I loved wasn't, it though. I just couldn't handle it. I was like, this is really good, but it wasn't like I need to watch. You know, you're watching a show and we'll talk about some shows um, throughout the course of this episode where I'm like, I got to watch all this right mm-hmm. now. Like right? the traitors. Like, like that, yeah. I didn't feel that with the bear. The traitors, I, was I like, didn't stop to eat. But the bear the bear was so high. Wow, really? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the bear was so critically acclaimed, and I did like it, that I thought, all right, I should probably finish it. But I wasn't pulled along. I think the Guardian okay? had it as their number one of the year. Yeah, right. And by the end, I can see why. Mm-hmm. Because this is a truly wonderful show. By the time I finished the show, guys, I was in floods of tears in the last two episodes, and I thought... The caveat, this though, is, Dave cries at everything. And I, I do cry at everything. But this, <laughs> I thought this is the best show. This is the best. This is my number one. It's the best show I've seen all year. And then as time passed and I was looking at all these lists, I was like, no, my number this one This is where you two. need time after Yeah, exactly. The show I was like, but The Bear, guys, I cannot recommend it enough. It's only and like six half It's hours. only eight episodes. Or They're eight, only yeah. like yeah, half an hour long. Um, this is a show. I should say what it's about. It's, um, it's about a, a, a chef called Carmi. Um, who is the titular bear. It's a terrible title, by the way, The Bear. It's terrible, but it does yeah. pay off at the end in a big way, much like Thor Love and Thunder paid off its title at the end. <laughs> um, but it does pay off. And it's played by Jeremy Allen White, who I had never seen before, and he is brilliant. Um, and Ebon Moss Bacharach, um, who we knew from Desi, uh, as Desi from Girls. We're obsessed with And him. is in another uh, brilliant show, Andor, this year. Um, and he's the two of them are and and a third person there, there's really there's three people who star in this uh, Ayo Edibiri um, uh, who I'd never seen before either it's about a, a guy called Carmi who inherits he's, he, he is working he's a brilliant chef he's a world renowned he's working at what is renowned as uh, the best restaurant in the world in New York and his brother dies and his brother leaves him in his will their families sandwich shop in mm-hmm. Chicago and it's a dirty way, I don't eat meat but watching this I want to eat one of those sandwiches the stuff they do with the cooking here it looks is fantastic. so good and that's the starting point um, and this that's kind of all you need to know this show of all the shows I'm going to talk about today um, this show presented the most real characters of, of, of anything I've seen mm-hmm. like they are it, is, it feels like you were watching a documentary it feels like yeah, you were in the kitchen I've only watched two and I feel like that all of these people to me and maybe it's because besides Ibn Masbakrak I hadn't seen any of these people before um, they they just to me they are the, they are the characters they are they, it is incredibly authentic so real none of it felt like dialogue people are talking over each other in the kitchen like we are now but more things more film and TV should cast people you don't know I found that in White Lotus this season there were so many actors I didn't recognise it's lovely when you're watching a film and you know every actor you start to see the actor and not the character and I think for the bear that was a huge now by the way the the star of it is actually in Shameless US and he's huge because I was googling him after but we didn't know him Okay, we didn't know him and and that's where I think the strength of the White Lotus was as well it's a wonderful thing and the traitors because there was no famous people or influencers it's a wonderful thing to watch a show when you just don't know anyone yeah, and, except and, for Desi from Girls, who we'd always love, and he and he is so fucking <laughs> good in this stuff. Um, this this show is is it's really raw and beautiful. It's emotional, 
um, I, by the end I cared so deeply about all of these people and, and I just felt like the writing by the creator uh, Christopher Storer felt so honest and authentic this show is it, it is literally is a, a revelation it is fantastic it is deserving of all its praise uh, there's going to be more and I and I cannot wait for it I just want to I want to live in that kitchen again but it is also in, it is as Cathy just said it is incredibly stressful it is like there is an episode like Boiling Point that is all one take episode 7 and it escalates it starts from a place of happiness and it all goes downhill in real time in 21 minutes and it is one of the best episodes of TV you will ever watch wow okay I might go back and watch the last one uh, okay my number two of the year um, is another one that I binged we binged together over two nights and um, I had so much fun with it it's called The Resort we watched it on Peacock yeah <laughs> it's really hard to remember all these streaming services which is on Sky or Now TV which we have um, we, we watched it on Now TV um, Peacock in the States it's called The Resort it is a very short series it might have only had seven or eight episodes and again they were only about 40 minutes long each um, it was so much fun Dave smiling which makes me think it's on one of, it's on his list it's a mystery I loved it it's a mystery it's and it's got time travel and when I say mysteries and time travels are my two favourite things in the whole world they're combined here um, and it was funny it was so funny and it was so fun and it had such good hooks at the end of every episode where I was like desperate to watch the next episode so it's um, made by uh, a director called Andy Sierra who I um, wasn't very familiar with and it stars Kristen Milotti, um and who is in How I Met Your Mother and then William Jackson Harper who is in A Good Place, A Good Place. Yeah. they are fantastic they, it's a they, they, couple. they bring this they're so lot. funny yeah. but they both have this really magical thing that not a lot, a lot of actors have I believe where they both can do brilliant comedy brilliant mystery and brilliant sadness and depth and, and drama and that's just potent combination um, there's a third actor who stole the scenes from all of them who's called uh, Luis Gerardo who played the uh, resort manager much like in yeah. my notice steals the show from everyone and he's clearly going to be the guy for season two I right? think well they I think they wanted to make a season two with him as the through character but I don't believe it's been commissioned oh no but I would say if you have access to watch the resort and you like time travel and you like mysteries you will love this show and, and it the pays setting, off it, it doesn't it, really it mostly pays, pays off. off it doesn't leave too many it's a loose fully threads. paid off ending because they don't know if they're getting a season two and that's good because when there's something that's a mystery and then it's open ended it is odious and I hate it and I want it to burn so this is fantastic and um Actually, uh, Christy Milotti, I did not know what a good dramatic actress she was until I watched oh this. God, she's, fantastic she's fantastic in this. And her and William Jackson Harper have the most wonderful uh, on-screen presence together. But mostly I'm recommending it because I had a whole heap of fun on a binge of it. And I recommend everyone watch it like that. So yeah. much fun. I think that's the only binge we did this year. Or besides the traitors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we watched it in binge. like two or three days. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm excited because I'm onto my number two and it is Andor on Disney Plus and I know you haven't watched that and I don't think anything on our list has been the same so I think our number one is going to be I think our number one is going to be the same (laughs) Um, but that's pretty exciting that we have such different lists Um, so Andor it's because more so than movies we'll watch TV on our own but we usually watch movies together that's true Um, guys Andor is a revelation okay I am 
You're smiling. He's smiling I'm right so now. I'm so happy. I'm is it so the board happy Martini that or is this it show Andor? exists. I'm a little bit <laughs> tipsy. But by God, this, like, I was done with Star Wars. I was, and I was checked out. And then, my God, they just brought me back in. I have seen tears in Dave's eyes as he's talked about the state of Star Wars. It's Star- broken you. Star Wars is broken. It's it's shite. It's all a lot of shite. Um, and we had and and there are more Star Wars shows that came out this year, which I'll talk about later in in, in less favorable terms. Um, but it's hard to believe that there were that those things can exist in the same universe as Andor. But do you remember before which is, Andor started, you were like sighing. And you were like, oh, here we go. Oh, and I had no interest in Andor. Yeah. I was like, this is... A, oh, I didn't like Rogue One. Why are they making a spin-off show with this guy? Just felt like another cash-in. But my favourite part, my favourite thing about you, though, is you still watched it. You could never bear to not watch of it. Of course. Yeah, I have to know. <laughs> I have to know. Kathy, I watched all of The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> and that was a bad show from the beginning. I watched it all. Okay. Um, and you did a full review on our Patreon about it. And I did, Obviously yeah, yeah. not with me. Uh, no, I did, did, never did that. That was The Mandalorian. Oh, sorry. Um, but Andor, guys, I, I genuinely do believe that you could sit someone down in front of this who um, doesn't know anything about Star Wars has, or, or even just doesn't like Star Wars. And I think they would get something out of this because it is a, it is a standalone TV series and a brilliant TV series in its own right. I think, I think because creator and writer Tony Gilroy came in and doesn't give a shit about Star Wars and has been very vocal about that, um, this is a show that is not interested in tying it into the larger narrative like so many of the other things, isn't interested in... Easter eggs isn't interested in having Darth Vader show up for no reason. What Darth Vader's not in this? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it is. He has told a brilliant character-driven story about what makes people rebel, and it is something that is has has weight in today's times. It is about uh, creeping fascism and authoritarianism. And it's all about uh, if you if you sleepwalk through that and let it happen, then it will come and get you in the end, even if you think you're safe from it. And there is no escape from that. And I think it's so, it was so it is honestly it is filled with some of the best dialogue I've I've heard on TV this year. Some of the best writing, some of the most brilliant performances. Um, and what it is a show that's not about this? Andor. Um, well, who's my top crush that's in this again? Who is this? The main guy. Uh, oh, is he one of your top crushes? Yeah, number one. Really? Up Diego there. Luna? Yeah, love him. Um, um, so, guys, I can't... I, honestly, I think this show is is tremendous. But it's also... I can't believe it's not exciting. your number one. Exciting. It is exciting. Week, it's got a heist like... in it. It's got a prison break. <laughs> guys. Why is this not your number one? Because there's a better show that came out this year <laughs> that I think is your number one as well. Will we say it together? Well, every week when this was out, Andor, Dave would be like, I was Dave so was like excited every week for Andor. In the living room, just like when he basically would kindly say to me, "When are you going to bed?" Because <laughs> I want to watch Andor. But like Andor, Andor, it's not like House of the Dragon. Like had two amazing episodes, and then it had a load of rock and rocky shite. Mm-hmm. And Andor is like. I was like, every episode I was like, how is that even better than the last one? How is this not dropping in quality at all? Like, every episode is incredible. And I've heard some people say it's, it's a bit boring at the start, it's slow to start. I, I say to those people, what? This was brilliant from the off. Because it was like, it, it was like setting up like, um, like, I tell you, when the show won me over, 
at the very beginning was when there was two security guards having a conversation, a manager and an, and, and, and an office guy about a murder that happened on their watch. And the other guy, and, one, and the manager is just like, just let it go. It's just like, it doesn't matter. These guys were drunk, whatever. And I'm like, what? This is Star Wars. Why are we watching two admin guys talk about the deaths of two security guys? And it was just like, and from there, it was just like, this show had me hooked. It was interesting um, working class characters in a Star Wars universe with some of the most interesting environments and cultures that Star Wars has produced in decades. It's honestly, it's the best Star Wars thing to have its to have the Star Wars moniker in a long, long time. And anyway, I can't, I'll shut up now. Cause I can't you look so... Dave's board. actually kind of disturbing the other patrons of the bar at this point. I just love it. Um, is our, do we have the same number one? Go. Is one. it Severance? It's Severance. Yeah, of course it's Severance. I wanted to do one, two, three, we say it together. You Sorry. ruined it. It's Severance. It's Severance. Severance is yeah. the best show that came out this year. Severance is... On Apple TV+. Plus, Guys, if any of you have not watched Severance... What's wrong with you? Get no, Apple TV Plus. You don't say Plus. what's wrong with you. You say you should watch Severance. Sorry, there's nothing wrong with you. Dave, You're all fine. Dave, you've never had a porn star martini before and it's clearly gonna, having all the right effects. I'm going to let Cathy talk um, Tell them what Severance is about. And it's, it's a show I actually don't want to say too much about because like all very, very good fantasy or sci-fi, and this is sci-fi, it has a very, very high concept. And after that, you want to not tell anyone anything else and let them just yeah. discover it for themselves. So it is a TV series that was on Apple TV Plus this year. And while this may be the first Apple TV Plus uh, show we're mentioning this year, it is by no means the first we've watched this year. And um, we are we love Apple TV Plus, right? It's got the best Yeah, I got, I got way more in my honourable yeah, mentions. it's brilliant, right? Recommend everyone get it. Um, by the so, way, amazed that For All Mankind didn't hit... Like, For All Mankind was like my number six. Okay, yeah, yeah. Before I get into Severance, though, last year on my top five, I said I hadn't finished For All Mankind Season 2, but I said if I had, I reckon it would be in my top five. It would have been my number two last year, if, if For All Mankind Season 2... If we'd finished it, I now know it would have been my number two. Anyway, number one of 2022 is Severance. It is a show of... It is a show that I'm struggling to describe now, that is basically... If you could imagine that the protagonist, is played by Adam Scott, brilliantly, he's a brilliant actor, um gets severed right and that means that he when he goes into work at 9am every day he gets a lift downstairs then his brain his normal brain shuts off and in, and his other side of his brain ignites which is his work brain and that brain is only activated when he's in the office right so you have a work brain and you've got a home brain so when he goes back up the elevator and out at the end of the day the home brain kicks in one is called an innie and one's called an outie and, and for all intents and purposes they they're different, different people. people. They, they don't sh- remember they share the other a body, one. but yeah. they only have their own memories. Exactly. Yeah. It's so clever. So one of them actually never sees the light of day, and while the physical body experiences things like fresh air and vitamin D, the brain doesn't. And the effect that might have on someone is very interestingly explored. What's going on? Like this, this company that severs people. What's happening? Why would one choose to be severed? Is a fantastic mystery it throws so many great mysteries out so many great twists it's absolutely fantastic it's directed by Ben Stiller who a lot of you may recall a couple of years ago directed a show that was in at least one of our top fives which was um, Escape at Denimara yeah Ben Stiller makes good show phenomenal TV and he uh, carried Patricia Arquette over from yeah, that show yeah Patricia Arquette is in Escape in at Denimara and then 
the second director of the show is Eva McArdle, who's actually an Irish woman. So obviously we were dying when we realised that because we saw her name in the credits. We're like, she has to be Irish. Severance. I actually don't want to say anything more beyond that because I want all of you to go and watch it. Um, it's on Apple TV Plus. You can get a free subscription for a couple of weeks if you just want to test out the service or whatever. We're not on commission, despite how much we wish we were. Um, Severance is everything I want in a show, which is like a high concept, clever sci-fi, and like the best kind of sci-fi takes humans and applies them in really extraordinary situations and shows us how these humans would interact and you know downstairs in the office it's not just our main character Adam Scott there's a load of other characters down there and they're all trying to solve the mystery of why they've been severed and this, so there's actually two well, mysteries kind of iron, they aren't. the outies and the innies have separate mysteries yeah. and it's just so clever now Dave you tell me why severance is your number one of the year and I'm delighted I don't know if we've ever had the same number one well, I think that's a really interesting list this year that we had such completely different lists except for this. And I think that is a testament to how good this show is. Um, and, and unlike a lot of these things, I think this show is... I think anyone could get into this. Anyone. And yeah, I'd recommend the show to anyone. And we actually did a whole deep dive on our Patreon after we watched it, but I think anyone I know would love this show and, and now I, you might want to you might want to like any show give it a go after episode one and two like keep going because I think all shows you kind of have to apply that caveat to I'll say about Severance what I said about my best movie of the year which I won't spoil if you haven't listened to it yet but in that this show um, brilliantly handles comedy and drama together um, but also does something which surprised me and I've never seen before it's right? really really compellingly interesting and that's the thing it's got the Black Mirror concept mm-hmm. um, and that's enough to hook you in yeah. and when I saw that I was like oh that's for me I'm going to watch that and you know, a lot and of I you thought, would have seen the visual which is Adam Scott's head severed open with the desk yeah, on top there's some, Very there's some really good marketing around also the show we have I, by the way I didn't even mention how creatively cool the show is to look at it's oh my God. stunning the production design and the um, um, the art direction of the show mm-hmm. it, it, it is created an alternate sort of reality um, kind which of is kind of retro 70s 80s but, vibes but futuristic but futuristic and it's an aesthetic which is very interesting and fun to mm-hmm. look at um, but this show is so goddamn funny mm-hmm. and but darkly weirdly mm-hmm. funny much like my number one movie of the year and it, it is unlike anything I've ever seen. But unlike like a Black Mirror, I think, which is so bleak and cynical, while also having a sort of Charlie Brooker's sort of cynical sort of sense of humour, this show is kind of like colourful and Black Mirror had wacky. one nice episode, which was San Junipero. And then the rest is just depressing. Yeah. And this show is, the, the ramifications of what this central premise are, is depressing. And it has a character who is suffering with depression and it is dark and it is twisted and sometimes bitter but it is also just funny and weird yeah. and also has moments of likeness and joy yeah. in it there it has Christopher Walken in Christopher it Christopher Walken and another character like have, have some sweetness in it is in this as like the third or fourth character and yet yeah. he's just so brilliant and John Turturro my gosh, yeah. yeah. I want to watch it again. It is a, no, I think we should watch it again. Guys, I would watch it again. It's an incredible cast. It is also, the finale is the best episode of TV that was made this year. It is the most tense mm-hmm. hour of, of so television stressful. I've ever watched, or perhaps ever watched. It is stressful, It is, and it, but it pays off. And they also give the right amount of 
pay off for a season one mm-hmm. while like leaving enough desperate open for a season, season two, two which yeah. we are desperate for I also have to say um, this was created by a guy called Dan Erickson who is I'm on his Wikipedia he's six months older than me mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything it's, I'm just getting just introspective here I'm like <laughs> if he can do it surely I can um, no, it's he, okay. He's six months older than you. In six months, you could do it too. He has. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> oh, but he, he did it two years ago. He has no credits to his name. This That's is his first thing, first and only thing on his IMDb. And his Wikipedia says he wrote for Spike TV's Lip Sync Battle pre-show. Love Lip Sync Battle, though. Um, he wrote for not even Lip Sync Battle. He wrote for their pre-show, and he worked in series development for the now defunct entertainment company Super Deluxe. Then, in 2016, his pilot script for Severance was picked up. Uh, as a writing sample at Ben Stiller's Red Hour Productions and Stiller decided to produce the project. Love Ben Stiller. Now, Cathy, he is nominated for an Emmy. He has been named in September on uh, Times 100 Next Emerging Leaders from Around the World Who Are Shaping the Future and Defining the Next Generation of Leadership. Wow. Like, a fair play to the guy (laughs) because he has produced a singular bit of work that is... It's so um, unique. Unique is entirely in his own voice mm-hmm. and has been brought to life so wonderfully by Ben Stiller, Adam Scott. Who would have thought the, the guy who started in this Something About Mary would be one of the best TV directors of our time? Love there you are. Well, to be fair, um, Ben Stiller has was always into direction. He wanted to be a director before an actor. But I'm but talking his parents about were about Mary. Reality Bites. Early. Okay, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, anyway, love it. Um, we will be back We're going to take a quick break uh, to sober up. Five. We will probably be back tomorrow to talk about the rest of our uh, honourable mentions, our most joyous uh, moments of the year yes. and our worst. And by tomorrow we mean just wait there for a moment. Yeah, we tomorrow will for us. We will play... You will hear some... I think we should play something from Severance. Yes, yeah. you will hear uh, either some, maybe some music from Severance. Music, because the Severance had brilliant music. Oh, the Severance yeah. theme song. Yeah, yeah, very okay. good. Okay, so here we go. Back Bye. in a minute. I think I might have had too many cocktails last night so I apologise for however that's going to sound or did sound um, certainly very excited uh, when we were talking about severance you were I, I seem to recall Cathy tried to shush me with her hands <laughs> <laughs> so certainly the patrons of the bar were uh, were <laughs> maybe th- maybe they'll go away and watch severance maybe something good will have come I hope so I mean there was no spoilers okay so my feel good joy watch um much like our new uh, category in our movie one which is best cinematic experience I wanted to do this one for like a very specific reason of a very specific show which is if you know me Dave which you do you'll know that yeah approximately season three of Sex and the City was one of my most joyous and probably best TV experiences of my life yeah um, and I'm always chasing that high and what I love about Sex and the City specifically is following a group of friends their complex relationships and oh, also dating really funny dating scenarios right 
Um, can I guess what the show is? You can guess, yeah. Is it Uncoupled? It's Uncoupled, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a new Darren Star show, who the guy who made Sex City, on Netflix this year, starring Neil Patrick Harris. And I, this show made me so happy this year. Uh, I watched most of it on my own before dragging Dave in to watch the end of it because I knew he'd really like it. And and we, yeah, you didn't drag me. No, I don't mean drag. As in, I got I got you to start watching it with yeah, me. Yeah, but that Im- that implies that I was reluctant. No, I, was I like, just mean yeah, you great. weren't watching it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. it's episodic. You can just jump in. Um, and it's 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 excellent. It's I watched the last two or three episodes. So good, right? Really so, good. It's like Neil Patrick Harris is a star, but there's other characters of his, primarily gay men, but some women, and um, basically like just based on the first episode and the description of the show what it is is it's a guy in his kind of late 40s 50s who lives in New York he's gay he's been in a relationship for like decades and this show follows him after being in a long term relationship and being fresh on the dating scene in New York and it is a true pre- it's a true sequel for Sex and the City I think if you like Sex and the City you'll really like the show give it a few episodes because it gets really good I loved being around the characters I loved the dating scenarios as they unraveled and um, like and just like that which is the Sex and the City sequel was my worst TV show of last year this <laughs> is so much better than and just like that did Darren Star make that as well I don't know um, Sorry to catch you off. Anyway, I really Presumably. recommend... I don't know. I really recommend Uncoupled on Netflix. If you haven't watched it already, I don't know if they've confirmed a season two, but I really hope they make one. So that was a really feel-good show for me. And then another one in a similar vein, but a younger group of people, I just started watching actually on the RTE player, which is the only show I think either of us have watched on RTE this year. Um... But it's an American show, and Mindy Kaling is the executive producer, and it's called Sex Life or sex lives of college girls and it's about four like uh, people who've just started university four girls and kind of their lives on campus and I really like their relationship I love all the dating and sex stuff in this as well so I think if you like Sex and City watch Uncoupled and watch Sex Lives of College Girls they're great fun I had two more feel good joy watches um, sorry can I just say if this was the 80s or 90s that title would be on a dodgy VHS tape <laughs> I know, yeah. that you would see at the back of a video store. <laughs> I feel like one of the characters must be based on Mindy Kaling. She's like um, an Indian-American wannabe uh, comedy writer. I love her. She's probably the best character in it. Um, the other feel-good show that Dave and I both watched this year um, is Girls 5 Eva. Yeah, that's on That's on my joy watch Oh, as good. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really fun sitcom about a girl band from the 90s who are now trying to get back together they're called Girls 5 Eva and um, there's such funny songs in this and just we've just really enjoyed it we kind of binged two seasons of it this year it's on Peacock (laughs) it'll be in your head forever the songs are brilliant the comedy is good this is Tina Fey is involved with this in the the background and it is a I think this is the spiritual successor to 30 Rock Uh, I don't think it maybe quite reaches the highs of that show but it's got that same um, like weird offbeat sort of um, comedy really funny like one-liners really great uh, characters really tight like 20 minute like um, episodes it's really really strong best best sort of traditional sitcom type of comedy I've I've seen this year and it sure. so Peacock made the first two seasons but then Netflix have picked it up for a third season so I think it's just going to go from strength to strength to be honest um, okay my final feel good joy watch um, what a laugh the neighbours finale 
So as someone who watched, <laughs> <laughs> we both watched this. As someone who watched me uh, Neighbours a lot when I was a kid and hadn't watched it like literally for decades, I briefly dipped back into it when I was on maternity leave a few times. Um, what a laugh we had watching this! So many of the characters were blatantly not on screen together, i.e., Kylie and Jason. Um, blatantly, a lot of the characters well, were. Sorry, they were on screen together, but they weren't on screen else. with anybody else. Um, blatantly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. loads of people were Baby social distancing. Guy Pierce was Guy Pierce with them. Guy Pierce. I can't remember but he was definitely social distancing yeah. from someone that he was like supposedly embracing it was so, so funny, funny. Um, like, and these people are just like so there were loads of like you know reverse shots where it'd be like they'd be waving to somebody across <laughs> the way or Kylie and Jason would be like looking on from a balcony so they're clearly in a different state or country or... Um, people who died <laughs> came back as ghosts and um, people who were too famous to bother coming back at all aka Margot Robbie was like on a TV screen chatting to them all it was so fun if you ever watched Neighbours you'd have really enjoyed it what slightly ruined it now is that Amazon are bringing Neighbours back yeah I saw that so it's like <laughs> what's the point and also but in a way in a way maybe all the buzz and doing that and it's death kind of saved it do you know what I mean? Yeah, but everyone will go back. Because it got such good buzz. Yeah, but there wasn't enough people watching it. There's a reason it was cancelled. So everyone <laughs> yeah. will come back for the new series for like an episode like I will and then be like, okay, I'm done like, now. Yeah, so I'm done. In a like, also, Prime is not the place for neighbours. Like, it's just the kind of thing. I feel like that was like it's daytime appointment TV. viewing. It's daytime TV yeah. appointment viewing. Oh, I'll watch neighbor, Neighbours is on. I'll watch that. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, or it would have had its regular watchers. I just don't think it fits in the streaming era. Maybe I'm wrong. Where it does fit is in my joyous moments of this year where I've never been so happy to watch such a ludicrous piece of television. Um, Dave, what is your feel-good joy watches? Yeah, I've got one more. So Girls 5 Ever. And then the other one is a, a Reboot. This is another... Um, this is from... Sorry, I don't... I'm driving. I don't have the, the guy's name to hand. But it was the, from the creator of Modern Family. This is his newest show. Um, it's, it is... A, again a traditional sitcom it's not as um, smart or as funny as like just outright like wow this is incredibly funny as Girls 5 ever but it is a very solid like Modern Family I think it is a broad mainstream kind of comedy um, but that is just kind of warm and, and welcoming and, and has a lot of familiar tropes and characters but it's good and it's certainly better than something like you know the Big Bang Theory maybe or something that's just you know the, the you know the incumbent that's just like really phoning it in a series after series I think well, this, that's because it's season one though they all phone it in eventually yeah true but it, yeah, and true I know Modern Family kind of went that way as well but the um, but I think this show is better than it you know has to be it is trying really hard to be meta to be clever um, will we explain the premise go on sorry yeah, yeah. so it's on Disney Plus and um, or presumably Hulu in the States and it's about a sitcom, a 90s sitcom that's being rebooted to be like more modern and they've brought back the original stars and all the actors are great. Um, really recommend. Can't remember any of the actors' name off the top of my head. So you've got Johnny Knoxville, yeah. you've got um, Keegan-Michael Key, you've got um, Judy Greer. Uh, it's a good cast. And the guy from Mad About You. Uh, Paul Reiser. Paul like, yeah, it's a good cast. Sitcom heavy hitter as well in him. And like it's it's really good. It's really polished. It also has what we love, which is like it's set in Hollywood and it's like set in a studio a lot. And it's all like in the writers' room. Seeing like it's re- they've really good scenes because they've got like the old fashioned writers and then the new like woke writers and they're trying yeah, to write jokes. And some of it's kind of obvious, but it's but it's funny. It is funny. It's really funny it's watching likeable. like say like a nineteen year old like gay woman versus like a sixty year old traditional writers' room white man or whatever. And like 
the conversations they have in the writing room I think it's really good that, no this is a good choice but, I forgot about this one but what I also like about it is it's warm and kind of you know a little bit saccharine um, but it's a it's a joy watch right it's like it's not amazing but it's like we are happily putting it on yeah. uh, week after week when it's on just to have something kind of nice and easy to, to watch so yeah I, I'd recommend it if you just want something light and breezy and if anyone remembers the Modern Family pilot was brilliant and kind of pulled the rug out from under us this pilot does something a little bit similar which I enjoy yeah. um, so that's okay. Reboot on Disney Plus yeah and we will be back in a moment with our honourable mentions um, our most disappointing our guilty pleasures and our bad yeah, so see you in a minute. And you'll be hearing from our patrons on all their amazing recommendations as well because our patrons have the best taste in TV and we take most of our recommendations from them. It's true. And also you're going to hear a load of TV shows that we haven't even watched. <laughs> uh, Better Call Saul. I know you're all screaming like, well, what about Better Call Saul? Well, we haven't watched it, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's too much of it now. Six seasons. Okay, bye. Bye. Neighbours should be there for one another. That's when good neighbors become good friends. Hi, we're back. We've parked up. We're going for a walk. It's quite a day we're having. It is. We promise that this is the last setting we'll be recording in. But we do like to have as much motion in these as possible. Yes. As moving. many scenes. <laughs> yeah, so we're either driving, walking, or we're in a bar and the room is moving. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're going to do our honourable mentions. So these are the uh, the shows that didn't crack our top five, but we think are good. And that we reckon you guys should watch if you haven't already. Yeah. Go, Cathy. Okay. What you got? First of all, I have to say, um, I forgot to say last night... White Lotus theme, biggest banger of the year. I can't go a day without singing the White Lotus theme. I won't Kathy does now. a really good uh, <laughs> <laughs> impression of it. I might do it at the end of the podcast, but um, as I'm still kind of breathless from COVID, if I do it now, I won't yeah, be able to knock you out. It'll knock me out. But but it's I, quite something. I'll guys. do it at the end. I hope, I hope, I hope you're okay <laughs> to treat everyone to your White Lotus <laughs> music impression. Um, I want to mention For All Mankind Season 3. As I mentioned, Season 2 of For All Mankind would have been my number two last year. Absolutely phenomenal TV. Season 3 was still phenomenal TV and I recommend For All Mankind and Apple Lost Everyone. It just didn't um, live up to Season 2, uh, which is why it didn't make my list. But it's still fantastic and I can't wait for Season 4. Um, it's, it's on, so I'll, yeah, I'll just talk about it because yeah. that's on my list as well. Um, I think it is definitely a step down in quality as, um, mm-hmm. from the previous but it's seasons. kind of nearly unfair to say because it's just that season two is probably one of the best season two seasons is, is of a the show best I've season, ever seen. But it's not even as good as season one, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem, I think it's still such a good show mm-hmm. that brilliant. it is, uh, it's still very high caliber and good. But if you told me at the beginning of the year that For All Mankind won't crack your top five, I would have said no way. Um, and so I think it's disappointing that it, it kind of stepped back a bit. And I think part of the problem is they try to go bigger with the stakes, bigger with the events, and it actually made it end up feeling a bit silly and small. And much like um, season two, there's you know they they maintain a um, a storyline which was we were okay with it in season two, but people had problems with it. But it got it got more ridiculous, and they <laughs> added to it. And there's a whole thread in season three, which is ju- it kind of just ruins the show. There's ah, a the there's a character like- there's a character and a plot which just 
feels wrong yeah, in this show and yeah, it's bad. But you're, the show's brilliant. Like we're recommending it to people. They're just nitpicks. Yeah. Um, no, it's not a nitpick. There's about a third of this <laughs> okay, show stop. which I hate. Okay. Um, Yellow Jackets. We watched earlier this year on yeah, Sky I got Atlantic. This one too. Um, it's not HBO though. I can't remember where who it is in the states, but it's not HBO. Anyway, Yellow Jackets. Uh, it might be Showtime. I think is fantastic TV. Um, brought us back Christina Ricci and Juliette Moore uh, as grown-ups um, it's about a load of girls who were in a plane crash in the 90s on a school trip and then we kind of flash back between the 90s and the present and actresses at both ends of the age spectrum are phenomenal absolutely brilliant TV and I think there's another season coming Juliette and Lewis Juliette Lewis yeah, yeah. sorry not Juliette Moore Juliette Lewis and I, I can't wait to watch the next season yeah, I'll, I'll, I've got this on my list as well. Um, and, and I've got... Oh, it's icy here. Oh, wow. Um, careful. Um, I'm actually going to th- mention um, three shows here because um, Yellow Jackets, The Resort, which I think it was on your top five, mm-hmm. right? Um, and 1899 are three shows that are all doing the lost mystery box thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they are very much... There are elements of all those shows which owe... Um, which uh, owe something to Lost, you know? A mm-hmm. plane crash from Yellow Jackets, um, myster- mysterious, like, you know, survivors in a mysterious setting, um, flashbacks and flash forwards, and um, 1899 is doing something very similar, and the, the resort as well, twisty time travel sort of mystery. Um, I think, you know, in the wake of Lost, we got a load of those shows trying to do that, like mm-hmm. flash forward and a load of those things, and none of them really hit the mark. So I think Yellow Jackets. I think is the best um, of best mystery box show I've seen in a while. I think the uh, the resort also up there. Eighteen ninety nine. I'll talk about it in my most disappointing <laughs> in, a, in a minute. Uh, so you go, Kathy. Uh, okay, um, brilliant. Dave's a lost stand for anyone who doesn't know. Love Lost um, might be my one, my favorite TV show of all time. She Hulk. Um, I we both probably nearly should have been in the Joy Watch. Actually, we both had so much fun watching She Hulk on Disney Plus this year. Um, it had a lot of criticism around the CGI and how kind of weird it looked. I agree. I don't think the CGI was very good. But and what I really liked about the show was, first of all, Tatiana Maslany, Maslany. Maslany, who is one of the best actresses out there. She was the star of Orphan Black, which is a show we loved. She's absolutely brilliant in this. She's fantastic in this show. It's half-hour sitcom style, case of the week style, funny stuff going on. It's um, very meta. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And they didn't shy away from the meta stuff. So um, while we're on that, I'll just list off the... uh, Because I saw all the Marvel stuff this year, unsurprisingly. (laughs) Um, And it was a mixed bag, for sure. Um, So we had she... And I don't think any of it was great. None of it would even threaten to come near my top five. No way. Like, Um, WandaVision was in my top five last year. Exactly. But but She-Hulk was a... It should have been on my Joy Watch list. It's a Joy Watch. So i got to say, I mean, really, the Disney Plus... Marvel stuff it's really not great okay there's as a whole um, since too much of it again there's too much of it but it's all very just average and bland and She-Hulk's not bland She-Hulk is the best of them and I think Miss Marvel um, had a really charming lead performance so was uh, Miss Marvel on your yeah it's on an honourable mention they're all kind of fine Moon Knight (laughs) is on a lot of people's worst of the year when you're the patrons that was this year yeah, yeah, that was this year as well. Um, I'm obsessed and with I Oscar think, Isaac. He's like my number one crush. And I, I, I can't watch this show. And he's playing two no, different people in it. It's not a great show, but I think his performance, he doesn't 
he commits he's really good um, and by the end of the show I was like why am I wasting my time <laughs> this is the problem with this See, Marvel no, this stuff is, is your like problem. I'll always watch the first episode and then I'll bow out like I watched also Mrs. Uh, Marvel which I thought was fine but like again I'll be like that's fine but you have this feeling where you have to complete them and I, I don't know, know why and you this do is that. the problem when they, when they were movies I was happy to just go along and you know even if they were average it was just like okay two hours of my time now you're sucking six to eight hours of my time Marvel and I'm not happy because you're also doing the movie you're doing more of the movies you're doing even more TV shows and they are of poorer quality so I feel like overall they are you're losing me guys yeah but really you just need it. to make a new year's resolution to yourself where you won't watch a full series if you're not enjoying it yeah, but they're kind. Of, but I kind of just, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to watch something. Uh, anyway, you can't back, quit them. Back to you. What else you got? Here, um, okay, uh, I also have After Party, which is another show oh, we watched yeah. on Apple TV Plus. So good. Which is so good. It's a murder mystery uh, set during a high the after party of a high school reunion, and kind of every episode is a different character's point of view on their kind of whereabouts during the murder, and there's a detective kind of interrogating them all it's great fun if you like glass onion or uh, knives out or anything like that um you'll have loads of fun with after party it's properly funny it's also got some really funny songs and like a brilliant cast none of whose names i remember right now but um yeah brilliant i really really recommend after party um it's got a great oh, every yeah. episode is a different genre that's, as well. the, that's the hook i was about yeah, to say so this is by, it's by lord and miller who are my two favorite um um film and tv creators at the moment and uh, yeah, that's the hook. So uh, the 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 way in which each of the suspects tells their accounts is in a different movie genre. So you get a thriller, you get a musical um, with um, Ben, what's his name, uh, voiced Sonic the Hedgehog, and Middle D- Schwartz, Ben Schwartz, um, um, which is the best episode. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you get a romant- a rom com, uh, and each and one, one of them is animated. And- each one does its genre perfectly. Yes, so he's got it, a high-speed chase episode. Yeah, it's and it's just very, very funny and and clever. And also, what you what you want to know uh, from any murder mystery show before you get into it, it's, does it have, have satisfying payoff? And yes, yeah, it, it does. does. And it, Tiffany Haddish or Haddish plays the cop, and she's brilliant. Yeah, she's great fun. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. Okay, um, other things that are on my list that you haven't mentioned already: A League of Their Own. I didn't finish, but it's um, a TV series based on the movie, uh, which is on Amazon. Um, but it explores characters that the movie didn't so LGBTQ characters and black characters and it's obviously really much more of a deep dive than the film was it's like my favourite film of all time and I really like the TV series I just haven't finished it so I couldn't put it on another list are they the same characters no. that Gina Davis played or no, no. Them? they're just um, brand new they're brand new they're just women who are in the all-American league Got it. Okay. Um, is it the same team or that I don't okay. know um then another one that I liked but haven't finished so couldn't put on a list is Bad Sisters it's a brilliant show it's made by Sharon Horgan I just find it really stressful and I actually took a break from it because I can't handle stressful things at the moment but it's a brilliant show it's on Apple TV Plus if you like Sharon Horgan and you like murder mysteries and it's Irish and as usual I've the best got... Irish TV shows not made by the Irish national broadcaster yeah this is on Apple TV I, I've got all this the best one... Irish shows are not made in Ireland or yeah. made, sorry made by Irish broadcasters Father Ted a lot of people don't know that Father Ted was not made by um, the Irish normal people was, was made, made by, by the BBC well it was made by Irish people but it was funded by yeah. Channel 4 um, the um, nor, yeah, normal people BBC um, but uh, I, I had Bad Sisters on my list as well yeah we haven't finished it I intend to finish it um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it yeah um, it's really good the cast of characters 
are great. Uh, I love all the sisters. The villain is like almost ridiculously villainous like he's twirling a moustache <laughs> that's but what was stressing me he was too awful that I was getting upset watching him um, but he's but he's hissably hateable yeah, and the brilliant. actor that the English actor that plays him is very good very at good. it very yeah. good um, another show that I really enjoyed this year and we actually did weekly episodes over on our Patreon for this and we've already mentioned it it's The Rings of Power um, I'm not yeah, a Lord I've got, of the I've Rings got this as well. gal like Dave's really into Lord of the Rings I'm, a, I'm a Lord of the Rings gal um, and I found this at times slow but I found it so beautiful uh, to look at. I loved the main actress, uh, Gad- Gladriel. Morfitt Clark. And um, who, if you haven't watched Rings of Power, she is the actress who started in St. Maud, which is a film we both loved a couple of years ago. Uh, probably was on one of our lists. Um, I really enjoyed Rings of Power and um, I loved watching it every week. And it was, it was really just interesting the way it was airing the same time as House of the Dragon, comparing them. Visually, this show looked 100 times better than House of the Dragon. Well, it, ha- it has a lot more money in- invol- invested in it. House of the Dragon it. is it's a lot of money as well, though. It made House of the Dragon look cheap. True, but Rings of Power <laughs> is like, the money's on the screen. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah, the the, the cast is great. I, I've got this on my list as well. And um, uh, it's funny, I considered this or House of the Dragon, but I think House of the Dragon overall's just got a bit more meat on its bones. Um, but only at the end, towards the middle, we were like, because we were just actively comparing them because we were watching them at the same time. Towards the middle, we were like, uh, Lord of the Rings has got more going for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were flip-flopping yeah. a lot. But I think I think Rings of Power is it's a bit sort of all over the place sometimes from a storytelling point of view. Um, it is... Um, it's doing a lot, though, in it's, seven episodes. It's trying to do, some of it was a bit hammy. But also, I, I, I like, what I liked is the, just the earnestness of it. It was very old-school fantasy. There's good and there's evil. And yeah. there's, there's no real nuance or uh, you know like Lord of the Rings or sorry where Game of Thrones where just everyone is kind of horrible <laughs> yeah um, so I, so it was nice to be back in Middle Earth uh, it, it looked amazing excellent uh, Sauron stuff in that though or should I say Sauron Sauron uh, so yeah house that's on mine I've only got one more actually which okay. is um, The Patient which is a show we're watching on Disney Plus, starring Steve Carell and Donald Yeah, which Gleason. is airing on Hulu. Hulu. It's from FX. God knows anyway, in the States. We're really enjoying that, but it's all the episodes aren't out here yet, so that, we're really enjoying it. It's great. It's basically Tell them Steve the plot. Carell. Good. Steve Carell is a psychotherapist, and Donald Gleason is his patient. And actually, I'm not going to say any more than that because I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, and there's there's a very a, interesting a dynamic setting which forces them to be confined together. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, yeah, I've got that on my list as well. I'm really enjoying that week to week. Uh, they're just two great actors having mm-hmm. it on, and it's from the uh, the creators of The Americans, which was a, a, a brilliant show, yeah. which we have not finished, but we did like. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I've got a few other things on on my uh, list. I've got Peacemaker. Uh, from James Gunn so this is a spin-off from his The Suicide Squad which was my number one movie last year um, really? yeah I absolutely loved that movie I um, actually remember now I'm equally as shocked now as I was then <laughs> yeah I, lo- I loved that movie <laughs> um, and I'm a big fan of James Gunn and I'm excited that he has taken over the um, creative seat of the DC universe and I'm excited to see what he's going to do with that and I'm enjoying all the drama with uh, <laughs> 
Henry Cavill and all this stuff in the background it's like and, and The Rock and it's like fantastic the D, watching the DC universe from behind the scenes yeah is but back very to the Peacemaker though but Peacemaker is a really really good TV show so John it is good Cena, I watched an episode and enjoyed it John Cena um, is by the uh, way can we say John Cena followed us on Twitter yes he did it was the best moment of my life it was very exciting but he also follows half a million people or yeah, something but, but one of those um, half a million and is it's us. clearly his PR <laughs> One of those half a million <laughs> is us. Yeah, the cinema as followed by John Cena. Um, <laughs> but he was one of the best parts of the Suicide Squad. Um, and so this is a, a show that follows on directly after the actions of that that uh, of that movie. So I recommend watching the movie, the watching the show. <laughs> it should be your top show. Of the year. <laughs> no, it's very very good, but uh, it's it's nowhere near the level of those top fives. Um, what I really um, like about this show is that it's. Um, it's got James Gunn's brand of uh, over-the-top comic violence and juvenile humor, um, but also it's kind of uh, it's kind of sincere and and, and sweet, uh, and it has. I I'm saying it now, and I know you talked about the White Lotus theme song. This has the best opening credits of any other show. It does. They're this really year. good. Yeah. Google if you if you're not familiar with it, go to YouTube. Just write Peacemaker opening credits job done it's got, yeah. it's got a choreographed dance routine and, a, and an Cena's incredible so uh, 80s hair metal John Cena is such a good comic actor and he he's very enjoyable he's out of himself and he's look, got phenomenal taste in podcasts <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, he does personally because <laughs> he's always looking for new people to follow well I immediately he DM'd him after he followed us he's not written back yet watch um, this space <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like oh thanks Cathy huge fan of, of well, your work at the cinema I mean he's obviously listening right now like John you have an open invite to come on the podcast yeah come on John fly over to Ireland <laughs> walk around Cork with us come and to go, the we'll go cinema. for cocktails and buy you a porn star martini <laughs> um, you know he doesn't drink or eat sugar uh, so no, that would be out. We'll no, get I know him, we'll from, get him his, from his Twitter account. A vodka and soda. He, he tweets inspirational quotes. Uh, <laughs> all right, a um, few other things. Um, Stranger Things season four. I'm surprised you didn't mention this. Oh, um, that's on a different. Oh, list. nice. Okay, so um, we did review this over on our Patreon as well. We did. We spoke about it at length. Um, I'm going to give it a, an honourable shout out. I think um, I have a, a mixed relationship with this show. I thought the first season was extraordinary. I think the second and third seasons were a complete waste of time I think it's a show that was really just moving going nowhere um, for a long time and I think season 4 they finally shook up the formula introduced a good villain really good villain um, and it created um, some of the one of the you know it, uh, it's such an iconic pop culture moment in the with the Kate Bush music great use of that song um, which shot her into uh, well well uh, fame with a generation that um, wasn't aware of her, of her so which mm-hmm. I think is I think is always great. Um, what, however, you, uh, classics are introduced to a new generation. Um, yeah. It's it's great for that for that exposure and earned her <laughs> millions of extra money. Do you think at the start of twenty twenty two? Okay, I know Kate Bush knew she was going to be featured in um, Stranger Things. But you never yeah. quite know how these things are going to go. Do you think at the start of twenty twenty two, Kate Bush and Louis Theroux were like, "This is it." This is the year we'll make the most money <laughs> yeah. we've ever made off our music. <laughs> uh, 
I, Louis Theroux was the biggest surprise. I'm sure <laughs> Kate Bush might have might have predicted it. You have um, to sing the Louis Theroux song now that we've mentioned it. How's it go? Uh, Mind don't, don't jiggle, 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 it folds. You make me want to wiggle, wiggle, <laughs> folk show. It's a banger. It's an absolute banger. Um, but yeah, the, I think the the use of running up that hill in in that contextual moment, one it is one of the greatest TV moments of the of this year. You know, that's like the, sure. that's the golden ticket to get your song to go viral, though. It's not just that it's in it. Is that it's integral to the plot exactly, and it's also continually used for that reason. Yeah, it, it's not even a one off. It has a very good reason to be in it. Yeah, um, and the and, characters are listening to it. And, crucially, yeah. so it was it, it was a great great bit of TV. Uh, Stranger Things season four, some fantastic moments. I'm sure you're going to talk about all the negatives, which I agree with. It is too long. It is overindulgent. Um, it's kind of pointless in many places. <laughs> but I will I will. Um, applaud them for kind of doing something a bit different and kind of getting it right okay I think for the most part um, I've got a few others here the dropout that you've already spoken about but I, I thought was um, I forgot fantastic. to say about the dropout um, I think I actually forgot to say Amanda Seyfried what was so brilliant about her performance is that Elizabeth Holmes is someone who you could easily mimic like I could do an Elizabeth Holmes right now she puts on a weird deep voice she has a look which is like red lipstick I'm going to give you 6 out of 10 for that black turtleneck like she's very easy to caricature she's like a villain a comedy villain but Amanda Seyfried did her and did her as a human and yeah. that was what was amazing about her performance but what I liked is the show and Amanda Seyfried's performance dimensionalised um, Elizabeth Holmes and sort of dug into why she would have yeah. they didn't been like this with her, but they dug in but they dug in yeah exactly it doesn't let her off She's the hook still a bad guy, it though. never lets her off the yeah. hook and it makes it very clear that uh, she could have gotten out of that at any point and she is responsible for her actions but it also really portrays how bad Sonny was her partner oh it doesn't leave either of them yeah, off the exactly. hook um, yeah. but, it, but like you said uh, so perfectly last night this show adds it gives you something that you don't get with a podcast or a book. Uh-huh. It gives you, you know, those moments of what, and those a, what, two a, fiction, a fictionalized together. imagining of those two in their in their personal moments. What do you think dancing of the year has to be? Those two dancing. Oh my god! I've never so seen anything like awful. it. Awful. I've never seen anything like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, a few others I'll mention. Uh, His dark materials finally came back for uh, season three. Um, it's all available, and I have a podcast. Um, where we watch every episode. I always forget you have that podcast. Uh, with uh, Empire's Helen O'Hara. So if you want to listen to me talk about um, each episode of His Dark Materials, it's called His Darker Materials. Just um, put that into your, your search bar. Um, and me and Helen um, got to meet loads of the cast and, and crew. So we've finally got James McAvoy on this uh, this this season. We've got the writer Jack Thorne. Um, and loads of other people sorry that you this have so is... many celebrity friends from your other podcast but this podcast has John Cena <laughs> yeah John hook us up um, <laughs> I'll do a peacemaker podcast with you John just just call, just call me um, uh, but this show is um, I think that third book this is an adaptation of the Philip Pullman books that third book is really tricky to when adapt I read that book and you, and you told mad. me it was going to be a TV show I was like that's not yeah, actually you're like, possible but, and, and there are things in there where you're like how are they going to do that and I think they did the best job um, of bringing that to life as they could um, this show has some fantastic performances from uh, Daphne Keane and Amir Wilson the two sort of na- now pretty much adult stars because <laughs> so much time has passed um, and um, 
uh, Ruth Wilson and James McAvoy's great but Ruth Wilson is still the standout if I was to pick the best on screen villain of the year it's going to be Ruth Wilson's Mrs. Coulter again is it also because you got again. to meet her in real life in London I mean yeah that's, one of the best moments yeah yeah she was, she's, she was a great lovely person but also no, but seriously Cathy you're not watching the show but if you just watched it for Ruth Wilson's Mrs. Coulter I watched season one though I think my problem is just I really liked season one but I have read the book so I, I often don't tend to watch adaptations and just when it's such a good adaptation like this one and you know the plot it is good I think yeah, this yeah. is the definitive adaptation yeah. of this show of this book um, a few animated things I watched uh, this year uh, which I loved um, season 3 of Bluey came out I've only watched um, uh, one episode with the boys so far but it's on a few of our patrons as best of the year yeah um, and Kobe had it on his best and of the Kobe, year and Kobe yeah, yeah. Kobe uh, Kobe Amanaka friend of the podcast um it's lovely oh my god and we, we've only watched one episode and the dad is playing a game with the kids and I've been playing it with the kids every day since they oh, loved it I love the show the dad pretends he was born yesterday and then the kids have to explain everything to him guys just try playing that with your own young kids <laughs> it's fantastic to hear their explanations of everything in the world <laughs> and they kind of love being the authority mm-hmm. and being in power and explaining oh, okay. things I need to, play that to the adults um, I love when Elliot our two year old when you ask him something he say I like that and you say why and he says because I like that <laughs> he's like what are you asking me <laughs> yeah um, on the flip side I saw um, a few more adult um, animated things um, Rick and Morty came back for uh, season 6 I thought another um, another pretty strong season I think it's a show that is kind of used to always be in your top 5 struggling yeah it's nowhere near my top 5 I think it's a little bit hit and miss but there's I mean it's still it's still just incredibly clever and meta and funny and made me laugh Um uh, the Legend of Vox uh, Machina is an animated uh, show from the makers of Critical Role, which is um, a Twitch slash YouTube uh, live play Dungeons and Dragons show, which I got into in lockdown when I learned how to play Dungeons and Dragons and became <laughs> obsessed with that. Um, but I, I, this is if you're into fantasy, you don't need to know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. If you're into fantasy in any way, this is a really fun um, and entertaining animated fantasy show. It's really funny as well and has great characters. Uh, but for me, the actual, the standout animated show of the year for me was Star Trek Lower Deck Season 3. Um, this is a show that I think has gotten better and better um, as its series have gone on. It really has knows its own voice. It loves Star Trek. Um, it, it is like, it, it is, it's like a fan service show but without being just you know east pointless easter eggy and things because it, it's very much doing its own thing it is a funny animated sitcom in the Star Trek universe that it looks good as well pays I reverence it's just it's, cool it's just a great sitcom mm-hmm. with lovely characters um, and is the best Star Trek thing um, to be produced in years if you ask me brackets I have not seen Strange New Worlds don't at me um, <laughs> then a couple of other things I finally got into The Boys this year season 3 came out I think season 3 is not as good as the other two seasons but this is a really great show I love it um, uh, Roar was a, a thing I'm surprised <gasps> oh, you didn't I mention about yeah. Roar oh my gosh that's an anthology on Apple TV Plus again who we wish for sponsoring us and uh, it was really fun yeah loads yeah. of fun um, yeah really good all kind fem- like female focused um, yeah high concept Black Mirror things mixed bag like any anthology show but some good stuff in there there's a really good one about a woman who is a trophy wife <laughs> and she's actually just she she's sits, literally a trophy she sits on a shelf yeah, all it's, day it's funny it's really it's written by based on a short story written by Celia Hearn the Irish author yes were they all written by her yeah 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 um 
Um, and like have really famous people in it, like Nicole Kidman's the star of one, Issa Rae's the star of one. Um, there's a really fun one where all these women can bring their husbands back and trade them in for different husbands. Like there's very fun little ideas in them, isn't there? And they're all only yeah. about half an hour. Nicole Kidman eats photos in her one and then relives the memories. <laughs> yeah, which, it's fun. There, there's some. There, it's it's worth it's worth a look. Yeah. Good. Um, couple of other things. Um, I don't know if this was this year, but I watched it this year. It's Foundation series one on Apple TV Plus. Really excellent. Um, sci-fi uh, adaptation of an Isaac Asimov um, novel starring Jared Harris who's always great um, The Tourist is a show we watched <gasps> at the very beginning oh of the gosh! year at the start of the I forgot I'm so glad we're doing this together at the start of the year when we watched The Tourist I said today that's going to be in my top five and here I am well, forgetting it about it would you revise it now I don't it, uh, I, I don't think it would my crack top, my top five but it's my top ten top ten maybe the tourist is fantastic it's really really I good the mystery show there's a lot of mysteries on this year starring Jamie Dornan who's absolutely brilliant um, this is one of Jamie Dornan's best performances yeah. and who's the actress she's an Aussie actress I've got her here she's Danielle McDonald oh my gosh uh, she, she's incredible she's the yeah she's the absolute um, MVP the MVP of this, this the tourist, show and I think it was only six episodes and it was a brilliant start to the year on TV yeah so it's about a man a man who wakes up in the Australian outback with no memory and so he has good. to piece everything together yeah. and it's just do you know it's very Tarantino-esque I think um, it's got that sort of I disagree because He's not my vibe. Okay, but you'll you'll admit it's got that sort of, you know, uh, sort of gangster comic book yeah, violence yeah, and ridiculous character. hitman characters. As you say it, he's straight out of uh, yeah, he's straight. It's out of super Tarantino esque, yeah. but it's funny and and it's also clever. got really good Aussie humor. Yeah, great dialogue, gr- brilliant performances. Really recommend it. Um, I don't know how you watch that, uh, but just search the tourist. And a couple of other ones. The Staircase is something we got obsessed with. I don't know if you're going to mention that later oh, on. Oh, no. I've, with Colin Firth. The Stair, I totally forgot. And Tony Collette. The uh, adaptation of the kind of hit Netflix documentary. It's a great, it's a really good show. The reason I didn't end up putting it on a list, even though I really enjoyed it, was because I felt We felt icky. awful at the end. Uh, yeah, We felt I agree. icky because neither of us are into true crime and... It's a real woman, and 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 it goes into explicit detail, gory yeah. detail. And we turned on the documentary things. afterwards because we were like, it's interesting to see how someone's turned a documentary into a film. They're both sitting on Netflix, or no, one the documentary is on Netflix. So we turned it on, and that's really gory as well. And I just thought, could we not let this woman rest in peace? And I felt icky. And but it, the HBO show is a br- is brilliant. But I will say, yeah. we weren't familiar with the story. We had not seen the documentary mm-hmm. series. Uh, so it was our first time experiencing the twists and turns of yeah, it. Yeah, and, and my God, it is stranger than fiction stuff. Yeah. You're like, how is? I mean, there, there. Every two episodes, something would happen, and we're like, wait a second, what? And Tony Collette um, and Colin Firth are brilliant on screen together. They are both excellent actors, but yes, I agree. We both felt a little bit like we needed a shower yeah, after, after watching it. Schwarzenegger's son is in it as well, which I enjoyed. Yeah, Patrick Schwarzenegger, yeah. pretty good performance as well. Um, just moments when you just see it in the eyes how like his daddy looks and that was thrilling yeah um, sadly he's not like an action hero with an Austrian accent I'm afraid not <laughs> um, so I've got uh, th- three things from Disney Plus to finish out, us out um, I've got uh, Hit Monkey which I, another animated show which I really really enjoyed an adaptation of a, it's a, a monkey who's a hitman uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> and Joe Jason Sudeikis uh, voices um the, it's, guys, I just check it out. It's really fun, and I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Very hyper violent, over the top um, comic book action. Um, 
the uh, Light and Magic, a documentary series about industrial light and magic on Disney Plus, is a brilliant watch if you love movies and movie magic. Uh, just getting under the skin of it all with the, uh, the people that uh, created Star Wars and went on to redefine um, how cinema is made. Um, this is, I, I think, an absolute must-watch. It's really well put together and really interesting. Um, and then lastly... Um, Obi-Wan so the other um, Star Wars show that came out this year kind of borderline I think <laughs> we ha- I think we have a, a full review of this on our main feed yeah go yeah. listen to my full thoughts on it but I, w- but I will say um, it's not an amazing show it clearly should have been a movie but Ewan McGregor is so good as Obi-Wan Kenobi he, it's great to see him back on screen and I honestly did enjoy I mean this is the opposite of Andor in that it is just has no reason to exist except it's recognisable IP filled with Easter eggs and is just fan service end to end. Um, and doesn't really add it much to the story um, of the wider Star Wars thing. But I did enjoy watching him face off with Darth Vader, and I and I did end up crying a little bit at the end. <laughs> so, but I think that's something. I, clearly, I'm broken. Uh, I don't recognise this as a slam dunk TV show. But it had some good moments, and it was just great to see you and McGregor being Obi Wan Kenobi again. You enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. And if you guys like listening to us talking about all this TV stuff, we actually do an episode every month on Patreon where it's called What We've Been Watching, and we just go through the good, bad, and the ugly that we've been watching. But speaking of our patrons, who I have mentioned uh, have the best taste in film and TV, we're going to go through some of their recommendations for the year because we think you guys would like them. Yes. So um, while we find the notes, Um, so. Thomas Huxley, Huxley has recommended Dairy Girls Season 3. We are terrible Irish people. We do not watch Dairy Girls. We will try and get into it. Um, he's also that recommended... That was the, the season th- finale of that, right? As yeah, well, yeah. That last Everyone's season, saying yeah. it's brilliant. He's recommended a few we've already recommended, but then at the end he has Slow Horses Season 1 and 2. Um, we started Is there a season, second season of that? Apparently. Yeah. Wow. We started that and never quite got into it. So it's because Kathy didn't like Gary Oldman's socks. And that, <laughs> and that was that, that was the reason we stopped watching. Um, Tobias Hansen has recommended um, Andor Severance and the Bear. Very similar taste to you, Good Dave. choice, Tobias. Worst, eighty ninety nine had to force me through it. But I love, Tobias, that you did watch it all. <laughs> Much like I'll ta- I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, uh, Emma McCarthy, um, Best, The Dropout, House of the Dragon, A League of Their Own and... Oh yeah, and then Laura O'Dowd has got Hacks season two. We've never watched that. Um, no, Hacks is. I hear a lot of good things. about I do Hacks. as well. And Julia, don't know that one. And Better Call Saul. Sorry that we're terrible and have not watched it. Um, I've watched two seasons of Better Call Saul. I, I will. I will go back at some stage and finish. Uh, it. Stephen KT recommends everything we did: The Bear, Andor, White Lotus, Severance, Bad Sisters. Uh, Liz Mitchell has recommended Sherwood, which um, a lot of people recommend. BBC and I it's don't know. a Robin know. Hood thing, Sherwood. I don't know, but I know a lot of people recommended it. Midwich Cuckoos, uh, have that? not ever heard of that. And Blackbird, which is on Apple TV Plus, which I know a lot of people recommend, has. Um, Michael Flatley's done a series! <laughs> no, Taron Egerton. Um, oh my god, yes. That, yeah, I, I, that's, a lot of people I really do want to watch that. that. He's in prison, right? Uh, yeah. Liz Mitchell, absolutely bang, knocking it out of the park with shows <laughs> I've never heard of and now I want to watch. Um, Tom H. Um, says he's he's done he's, Tom Tom did it in like loads of different sections which I love and these are categories we might steal for next year <laughs> TV shows that my wife and I most anticipated the next episodes of uh, Bad Sisters White Lotus 2 For All Mankind Season 3 um, other strong TV shows Borgen 
um, Power and Glory I don't know Power and Glory I've heard of Borgen um, Andor uh, he says I can't believe I'm listing a Star Wars show but it was great as Davis highlighted it includes a rebellion against fascism a bank robbery and a jailbreak all with style a great cast and absolutely no Darth Vader or lightsabers yes <laughs> um, he's got Hack season 2 he's got Annika um, he says I never watch police shows but really like this one especially when main character breaks the fourth wall never heard of this this is why you guys are great what is that show why is there so much TV uh, and he's also got Dairy Girls TV uh, Dairy Girls season 3 Abbott Elementary I don't know what that is um only Murders in the Building Season 2 which we've started and not oh, finished we forgot we to mention we, we both, do like that we show. both like it but we haven't finished it uh, and Star Truck Star Struck uh, Rose Matafeo's show uh, Season 2 of that we also started and haven't finished that and I feel which bad I feel bad because she's, she's lovely it was in my top 5 of last year so yeah. I need to get on it why didn't we finish it because there's too much TV. just too much <laughs> uh, such as uh, Johnny Key's uh, recommendations he says Blue. his best TV is Bluey Season 3 it's wow. so good um and I and I and guys, I do recommend even if you don't have kids, stick Bluey on on Disney Plus because it's it's just sweet yeah, and be. lovely and beautifully written. Um, he's got Andor, he's got Rings of Power, he's got Reacher. We didn't talk about Reacher, but we did watch the pilot of Reacher on Fantastic Prime Video. Great, uh, pilot. Really good, recommended by our friend. Nick. He's kind of like John Cena, but not John Cena. Yeah, because um, he's just like a absolute like unit um, and he is yeah we really enjoyed this yeah, um, so let's go back and watch, back and watch it Claire C uh, has a list stuff I have loved this year Big Boys on Channel 4 what's okay, that okay Big Boys was recommended us to us last year we read it out on this list it's been subsequently recommended by loads of people including my friend Morwenna it's on my list of things to watch what is it? it's a Channel 4 comedy about uh, two boys in school I think one of whom's gay it's apparently brilliant anyway so so it's like the in-betweeners for, our, for the no, modern times I don't think that at all <laughs> <laughs> I love your synopsis I love, I'm happy to have a stab at, uh, at, re- at synopsizing something I've anyway, never heard of two years in a row people are telling us we should watch it we need to watch it okay she's also got The Bear Only Murders in the Building Yellow Jackets Slow Horses and Bad Sisters uh, we've got a few more to read out here okay um I'm just going to read out the You've ones that... James. Oh, I'm going to read out ones that aren't on our list. Um, but James, I do want to say thank you so much for being the person who recommended the resort to us because we got so much joy from yes. it. Yes. He also has Pachinko, um, which is something he keeps recommending that we need to watch. We've watched uh, two episodes of it. We think it's brilliant. Yeah, on But again, TV it just plus. like fell out of our yeah. cycle. <laughs> um, and he recommends The Patient and he said he's seen it all and he still recommends it. Um, Adrian has The Ariane. Sandman. Sorry, Ariane has got The Sandman. Except for the weird aspect ratio. Okay, interesting. Bridgerton! We haven't seen that. Ariane, I haven't watched um, Bridgerton season two, but my mother and my sisters and I did a massive uh, episode over on Patreon on season one and had the best fun ever. And she's got Dairy Girls, um, Rings of Power and House of Dragon. Sophie Keeley has got, oh, Stranger Things season four in her top. Not many people have that. As well as lots of other ones we've recommended. Um, Tom George has got... Uh, Andor I genuinely think it's the best Star Wars product ever okay we all need to watch Andor Um, and Severance of course Um, and Mike Duggan friend of the pod and patron has got he loves Apple TV Plus he's got Slow Horses Blackbird for all mankind he's also got Ozark no one else has mentioned that um, yeah, that was the final series of Ozark, I think. Cobra Kai, season five, We Own This City, and Kenobi. Um, and Jason has got The English, which I see is on lots of people's lists. What's that? Don't know. 
And he's watching <laughs> <laughs> Doctor How is there so much TV that we don't know about? Um, Doctor Who. And then he says... Um, we, we don't watch Doctor Who. Rings but. of Power and Severance. He says he's out of touch and he's mainly watching comfort watching older shows. Well, Jason, my friend, you'd be interested in our comfort watch segment then. Oh, is that what we're doing next? No, no, we did is it that, already. Oh, we did it already. Oh, that was the Joy Watch. Okay. <laughs> so what are we doing next, Cathy? We're nearly on the home stretch what now. What we are doing next is... Uh, Guilty, guilty pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, guilty pleasure I think we're going to have the same guilty pleasure my guilty pleasure is love is blind I was going to say one two three go but you've done it already oh sorry is, love that, is that yours love is blind we had so much fun watching season three we, we watched season one never watched season two didn't matter jump back into season three and we did massive episodes about this on our Patreon that literally yeah. two people I listened think, to and I we didn't care because we were so we happy we did like an hour and a half <laughs> at the end talking about Love is Blind season 3 it's just such a friendly I mean does anyone not know the format explain it so it is uh, it's a reality dating show and they uh, they put all the guys because it's all heteronormative mm-hmm. and they put all the guys on one side and put all the girls on the other side and then there's these pods <laughs> where they meet in the middle and they can't see each other but they can talk to each other and they have kind of speed dating so they mm-hmm. So they so they they get to know each other, and then by the end, you you obviously um, propose to someone you've never <laughs> seen before, and then they, they fall in love. They, oh, sorry, love yeah, blind. they fall in love. Then they propose. And then they to all meet in real life and realize love isn't blind. And uh... but that's what I like about the show is that they then it's like that's the rom com bit, and then they're like, right now you guys are going to go live together <laughs> and go to your jobs. And then talk about things like abortion, which yeah. comes up during this. Like, really and I'm interesting because like, this season was set in Dallas, Texas, and we know how contentious and toxic the abortion debate is in Texas. So I actually find it really refreshing that a show even showed us that conversation. Um, things about like how you know how neat or tidy someone is. Uh, things about like what you might fight over, for example, whether one should eat a cutie or not. <laughs> yeah. And if you know, you know. And I think what I like about the show is I think you said it about um, the traitors. Um, you know, th- th- there's an interesting range of like uh, cast um, on this in that they're not all the the wannabe influencers, although some of I them do are. get exposed to be. They're no, all not, influencers now. Yeah, well, yes, but they, they, they but there's a real range of people. I think like to call out Love Island again, you know, everyone on Love Island looks the same, and they're yeah. all at 23. No, no, um, Dave, they're all like 21 now. They're getting younger. So, whereas you know, this has uh, a 35 year old uh, going out with a 26 year old, and that, and they have very different uh, perspectives and stages of life. And I think so. I, I do like how this explores um, a, how couples kind of figure each other out by living together and learning about each other, and whether or not. Um, that can last, and some and and some of them you do end up really rooting for, yeah, really um, and I feel that they were relatively some of authentic. them you, you subsequently them... follow on Instagram like me, um, but no, it's really enjoyable and. Uh just quite a lot of fun really to watch the chaos when they all meet and then some of them who dated in the pod fancy people and realise that they aren't engaged to which is always very enjoyable but it is a guilty pleasure because yeah. I feel like the show is emotionally manipulative and forces them into awful situations at times most disappointing for me is in the same vein uh, of two things but my first one is the Bachelor franchise um, oh, no. I am a big uh, some could say colossal massive wasting my own time fan of the Bachelor franchise I listen to approximately 10 hours of podcasts a week about the Bachelor and I watch every episode of it. So this year you had The Bachelor. This is the American one. You had The Bachelor, you had The Bachelorette, and you had Bachelor in Paradise. And each season of all was the worst season of the shows I've ever seen. Wow. Like it's gotten really bad. 
Um, and I, to the point where why I'll only watch it again next year because I want to listen to the podcast talking about it would you listen to the podcast without having watched I've, it or I've does often that make done it too that difficult now. no I've often started skipping episodes and I just listen to recaps about them um, it's just the franchise doesn't know what to do with itself it's a very traditional show where like oh we all meet this amazing guy and then at the end we get engaged and get married and it just doesn't hold up in any sort of a modern era if you compare it to something like Love is Blind whereby okay they get engaged after 13 days but they've actually spent or whatever amount of days in the pod like meaningfully having conversations for like up to 8 hours a day yeah the bachelor you might go on three dates with someone and get engaged and then it just ends yeah, on the and engagement you're, and you're like and that could be like an hour three hours and it ends on the engagement so it's just so silly like when people get engaged now it's only to be an influencer and 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 they're by the time the reunion specials happen they're already broken up whereas at least on Love is Blind we get to actually watch what happens in real life and stuff so The Bachelor's really lost the plot it's terrible um, like Bachelor in Paradise which is kind of their Love Island they ordered like six extra episodes compared to what they normally do but they didn't film any extra footage so they and they didn't do any more time on it so they just stretched out episodes with absolutely tedious stuff and uh, anyway I won't go on about it because I know none of our listeners you were telling it. me they were doing like sketches awful, comedy like, sketches so, so bad oh so anyway most disappointing and then my other most disappointing of the year was um, Stranger Things even though we did review it a lot on the Patreon and there's like moments I enjoyed like obviously running up a hill um, but I just feel like the magic that this show had at one point and I agree with you it's better than previous seasons but it just feels like it, oh god when's it going to end like um, and it's, it just ended on a note where it's like we know we're just going to be dragged back to this plot in the next season again I th- and I think this show is a victim of its own success I think it is it did become and is one episode was two and a half hours long exactly like, it's that's a, obscene it's a pop culture phenomenon it has a huge audience base and I think Netflix aren't very good at being producers and well, saying well I think in fairness the Duffer brothers guys. the Duffer brothers are like single-mindedly in charge of this show and it's their prerogative but I think that's obviously that's often the problem with the Netflix model is yeah. that they, and it, it is a blessing and a curse that we, they will give creators complete carte blanche yeah. and I always come back to Arrested Development one of my my favourite I think comedy show of all time and they did the same um, uh, to um to that oh my god the guy's name is, is escaping me uh, the creator but the uh, uh, Hurwitz Mike, Her- Mike Her- Mitchell Hurwitz or Mike Hurwitz and uh, and it just like it just became bloated and crap and turns out I think he was working best in the box of the 20th century Fox 21 well, the box minute of, window yeah, you have 20 minutes you have 3 trailers yeah. or, sorry 3 ad breaks you need 3 cliffhangers like that kind of stuff that is built into network TV actually really helps shows Stranger Things yeah I just like you by do, the you end you do not get extra value for money from from no. the longer episodes and there's some brilliant is, stuff like creature design for Vecna it is padding amazing right like I but there's there's whole subplots with L11 that I, I could barely look at the TV and when if you want to go listen to us talk about for an hour what they should have cut out <laughs> scene by scene <laughs> that's on our Patreon yeah, we have edited this, yeah. this whole thing uh, because we yeah we, we live edited the show for them <laughs> We made a better cut of Stranger Things and season we, and four. And we say all this with love because we are fans of the franchise. That's the thing. Yeah. I want it to succeed. Yeah. And it I has think succeeded. I like the Duffer brothers. I'm jealous of them. I think they're, you know, they're, again, they're our age, like the, your man who made Severance. And I, and I think they deserve their success. But I just wish they had someone standing over their shoulders saying, guys, you know, maybe we should just cut this out by an hour and a half. Maybe Mike just actually doesn't need to be in this season. Yeah, 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 and that's the other problem. And they've said this, you know, they don't want to 
they're not game with they've said this um, because Millie Bobby Brown said oh I think we should have all been killed off or yeah, kill sorry. off some characters and then they said look we're not Game of Thrones we're not going to do that we love our characters that's not what the show is about Instead, and I kind of admire that characters. this is the problem Just stop <laughs> adding more characters so I admire that but you can't have 15 characters and then give them all something meaningful to do yeah. and then have them have any of that pay off it yeah. just doesn't work now Dave you need to go to your um your most disappointing it's funny I feel like that should have been on my most I don't disappointing know. I'm amazed it wasn't no I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt it's staying on the honourable mention so I have three shows on my most disappointing they're all horror shows um, 1899 by the creators of uh, Dark um, I was so a series we loved uh, which is a series we loved and on this Netflix. is why it's on my most disappointing list it's not that it's not good because I think this show um, looks amazing I uh, love the the cast. They bring uh, um, one of the cast members from Dark back as the captain of a of a vessel. It's got a great plot. He looks amazing. It's got this great plot of uh, you know a steamship um, going into um, from eighteen ninety nine going going looking like a passenger ship. It's Titanic vibes. They're looking for a missing ship. It's all very mysterious. What's going on? And then there's mystery upon mystery, um, and it's all quite intriguing. And I will credit the show with, by the end of season one, it pays off like 90% of its mysteries. That so is it's good. not like... That is good. And it's a lot like of our a, listeners said it was worth it in the end. Yeah. And, and now here's the thing. Is it... That's the question of whether it's worth it or not. Because I will credit it for, yeah, it, 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 it does provide, I think, a satisfying answer to what the hell is, is going on. But for me, <laughs> this is like, this is the make or break of any of these things. It just felt like less, less, it felt lesser because of that for me. So by the end, I'm like, oh, okay, that's it. And I feel like if I, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I, I hungrily went through this show to get to the end, to know the answer. And then you know the answer. And it's not worth it. This, when I come back to Lost and why I like Lost, and it, that got criticized for dragging out all its mysteries and, and justifiably so. And that was in an era of network television where it was successful and they wanted 24 episodes and we've got to keep this going for seasons and seasons, guys. But what. Do you imagine now that if they made 24 episodes of seasons? But what Lost had, Lost was not just a mystery box. Lost had characters who I loved, who I cared for. It had beautiful music and moments. And I would have, if you took out the mystery elements, I'd have still have loved Lost as a desert island people. Um, what 1899 lacks is all of that. Like in interesting characters um, who, who, are, who you care about, like, who I think after one have and a half interesting episodes. motivations and, and have emotional moments with each other. This is, in, it, this is a cold, lifeless, calculated... Um, and I think Dark, to an extent, had the same problem. These guys, they're German guys. Uh, they're, I think the husband and wife, actually, I think, who make it. They are, um, they're very smart people. I think they, they create these brilliant, complicated... No, and Dark, Dark had really good characters. Dark did. Dark had better yeah. characters than this. But uh, th- some of them are kind of intriguing, and they've got kind of intriguing backstories. But, like, and nothing, nothing like... I, I won I wasn't emotionally invested in anybody I just wanted to get to the end to know the answer then you know the answer and then you're like I kind of feel like I would love to save someone the effort and say just like this is what it is just one sentence well this is the kind so, of show that I would it's not worth the journey like I watched one and a half and stopped because I just didn't care and if you weren't watching it and you told me in the end I would have googled it it's just one of those shows yeah. that would have been like and, I don't like, know it's not worth the journey the yeah. destination isn't worth the journey um mm-hmm. The um, but however, I also think it's it is a well-made, really 
good and interesting show and I'm glad that they are out there making stuff and I'll come back uh, I probably won't do a season 2 of this but I'll come back for um, whatever they do next because they are talented um, someone else and that's why it's not on my worst list it's on my most disappointing list because I, I, I was disappointed um, another one is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities um, for me this is, this, is, this is an anthology series kind of Twilight Zone introduced style introduced by Guillermo del Toro of a series of horror shorts by brilliant horror film directors admittedly I've only watched uh, four of these now but and, the, and they are kind of some of them are kind of kind of good um, the F. Murray Abraham um, one was the best I've watched so far but they're just all a bit like oh uh, do you know I want this to be better um, and so it was disappointing um, particularly the, the calibre of the directors and the, the and the storytelling it's just, just like I would expect like knockout horror mm-hmm. stuff instead of just okay kind of um, stuff so I didn't wasn't really satisfied um, and then lastly another most disappointing show for me is The Midnight Club by Mike Flanagan what? Um, you watched the whole thing and liked it I thought I watched the whole thing and it was fine but it's certainly not to the standard I want from Mike Flanagan uh, and and from the Flaniverse. From Flaniverse yeah. So Netflix are trying to describe his his work as the Flaniverse. <laughs> but I think he's even though none Netflix of them are con- connected, is he? I think so. Well, good for him. I I <laughs> like Mike Flanagan. I have so much time for him. He is a horror director uh, who created the uh, the Haunting of Hill House, great uh, great series which we both enjoyed. Um, he did uh, which I think is his best work, uh, Midnight Mass last year, Loved that, which yeah. I would recommend above this show. Um, the Midnight Club is an adaptation of uh, um, is it R.L. Stein or one of those no, type? No, it's not R.L. Stein, but it is like young adult horror. Young, young adult horror, and it and it is very much uh, pitched at uh, teenagers, young young adults. Um, all its cast members are. It's got a great I premise. I read some of them when I was a teenager, but yet again, I only watched one episode of the show and gave up on it. So the premise is it's a it's a, a hospice for uh, terminally ill teenagers who make a pact with each other. Uh, which is their midnight club that if one of them passes away um, then they will try to communicate with the rest of the group from beyond the grave great premise right yeah. and then each but, and cool setting as and, well. and then it doesn't really pay off and I think it is going to do more seasons but it doesn't really pay off on that premise um, it pays off some of its mysteries but honestly it was all so obvious and uh, from the very beginning that you do none have of to it was shout interesting out, though, to the me. breakout Irish star who was found via TikTok? Oh yes, she was found. Okay, cool sorry, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't have her name to hand, but she is. Uh, um, she she is really great. The, the cast are all great, and they're doing great work, and I really admire them. Um, but honestly, this show is a little bit too long for its own good. It's not great. It's. I, I was disappointed. I kind of again. I just expect. I expected more from Mike Flanagan. So again, not a bad show, but he's a victim of his own success mm-hmm. in that. My expectations were too high. Okay. Uh, Kathy, what were your worst shows of the year? One worst show of the year. Okay, go. It is called The Pentaveret. Yes, this is on my list as well. <laughs> I would be surprised if any of you have heard of it, right? Because this is an I, example I'm of sure how, that people have heard of it. Well, the, I think this is a really interesting example of how Netflix throw money at creators. In this case, it is... Um, Mike Myers. Mike Myers, a.k.a. Austin Powers. Like, in his day, was one of the biggest, uh, most successfully commercial comedians in the world. Make phenomenally successful movies like um, Wayne's World just and movies, Austin Powers like franchises, franchises and, and like IP Trek. like Wayne's World and Austin Powers yeah. anyway Netflix threw money at it and made the show I think what Netflix realised it was a stinker because when I say I saw zero marketing for the show I only heard about it through a podcast I listened to who recommended it <laughs> and I can't remember which podcast now and um, oh Game of Roses a bachelor podcast <laughs> and uh, they recommended it 
no no they were they were talking about it and therefore I I went and watched it because they said how bad it was Um, it is shockingly bad right so if you take all the worst qualities of Mike Myers which is like crass humour playing every character in the bloody thing um, clearly in this instance again having no editor and then if you apply it to like a really bad plot where there's like five people who like rule the world they're kind of like the Illuminati um, that's not a bad idea it, the idea is okay because the execution but, is awful now I say but the I, idea is that the Illuminati are the good guys they're trying to rule yeah, the world for like good it's like fine but Mike Myers but four like of them are played Hall, by Mike like, Myers <laughs> and then <laughs> one is actually the guy from um, Keegan-Michael Key yeah he's so, really yeah, good yeah, yeah. Like, he's the best thing in it um, now I have to say I only watched three episodes so look if it gets better I apologise but they're three of the worst episodes of TV you Did know you when, watch three? Yeah, when humour falls so flat that it's like cringingly embarrassing. And not I only was it, not someone, only was it flat. I loved. I, loved I was like groaning. Like this is this is the one of the worst jokes. Like he's making dick jokes. Like it's just tragic. And I think that's part of the problem with the show is that it, he, um, Mike Myers, like Austin Powers and Wayne's World, were family friendly. There, there wasn't um, yeah, cursing. There wasn't dick joke. It was all implied sexual innuendo. And obviously, um, Austin Powers got worse as it went along. But the first Austin Powers movie so it's in its crack- time was very funny. Movie and uh, and, and holds sh- up. I've seen it recently. And oh my the- god, How I Married a Max- Axe Murderer. Yeah. One of my favorite films. So, but I think, but I think Netflix again. Um, gave him carte blanche, and and he could swear for the first time. So it's got like uh, swearing and really crass humor, and I and it, and it is not to its benefit. It is to its detriment because I think we were all teenagers or young kids, kind of growing up with Mike Myers's comedy, and it was appealing to us, and it was appealing to grown ups. So it had broad appeal. Now we, as his previous target demo, have grown up and matured kind of he has not and also this isn't suitable for kids so I'm not sure who's this for but it's also for. not funny it, and it's and just not funny that's its biggest crime yeah it isn't it's actually awful I'd love if you guys took a look at it and just kind of tell us what you think because you'll be really shocked it's but also it, sad because like it's Mike sad Myers because I like him he's very clever and he's very talented and um, and, he, and this is his first time like um, he reminds me a bit and I'm not at all saying he's like John Cleese in his personal life but the way people who made such good stuff in their day and now you're like oh Jesus Christ Um, like Mike Myers has a lot of talent and I think if he had maybe collaborated with other a bit like the 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 reboot the TV show we both like where you've got the the new woker writers room and the older writers room coming together and then they create good stuff Mike Myers needs that yeah because this is he he doesn't kind of get why it's not funny it is a singular vision I think this is exactly (laughs) what Mike Myers wanted to produce and it is 100% Mike Myers like you know if you lived with Mike Myers he'd like put puppy cushions under you and stuff yeah it it needed a bit of reining in it just felt needed to not exist honestly though I just felt sad it just made me sad because it was because this was a passion project of his I heard him on the Smartless podcast talking about it mm-hmm. and he was quite excited you know this is a real passion project oh, something God. he's always wanted to do um, and it's his first time back after a while and, and like but really guys it's just not good yeah. and so and that's I think that's got to be really hard for him and I think he seemed like a really nice guy well, maybe so. he really is happy with the end product and fine and he probably got paid millions of dollars so how about no but no, I don't think he needs millions of dollars at this stage yeah. he, need, he needs his like work to be appreciated and I don't think it it was or deserves to be. Yeah. 
and that makes me sad um, I've got two other things on, on my worst of the year uh, one is the book of Boba Fett um, which is a spin-off show of the Mandalorian another Star Wars show and genuinely and, and I think the Mandalorian is good I think John Favreau um, and Dave Filoni um, are, are you know really brought that show along gave us something and I think season two fell off a cliff for me but um, I think they, they were trying to do something a little bit different do their own thing and also just tie it into the Star Wars universe enough but it's it's good it's got a banging theme song it's like got good western vibes um, Pedro Pascal is fantastic it, it has brought us you know Groot Baby Yoda um, so, which is now like an obviously a huge success and deserves to be great like um, you know great sort of setup. you know of this the the, the stranger and the child you know it's really good are you talking and about then, the Mandalorian no I'm talking about them. that's the Mandalorian okay. that's good then then they introduce Boba Fett in season 2 because he's a fan favourite and this is the problem like the Mandalorian um, was only exists because Boba Fett was a fan favourite and he was a, a character in Return of the Jedi that had no lines in the 80s and everyone thought he was cool because he didn't speak mm-hmm. and this is exactly the problem um, they've missed the point when you give point. characters who don't speak lines exactly he yeah. was cool and interesting because he was a blank template for us to imagine with the wildly successful Boba Fett toys um, what sort of adventures this bounty hunter would have got up to and then you know that was fleshed out a little bit in books but then when you actually see the reality of it brought to life um, they, they, it's like six episodes of a character and you get to know this character and it turns out he's just boring he's a bloody boring sap and he's not a cool edgy bad guy because they wanted to be kind of a kind of have a moral compass and do like interesting things and he wants but he also wants to be a gangster and I'm like what is this show <laughs> this show doesn't know what it wants to be it is flawed from the start um it, it is, and, and I think it's, it's, it was just kind of a disaster with some some good moments. I will, you know, I, I will admit, you know, it looks good and it's well produced and has a couple of good moments. And uh, Tamara Morrison, who um, I like that they brought him back. He played uh, Django Fett in the in the in the prequels, and he, you know, he's he's doing his best here. But this show is just like was doomed from the start and was and was shite. So I'm amazed that like my worst and best of the year are both Star Wars shows um, and then lastly I'm, I'm going to add on I'm going to finish on a show that I, I didn't watch what? But it is, I, I didn't watch it then you, it has no business being on your list but I'm going to put it on my worst of the list because it deserves to be there that is not and good journalistic practice Picard season 2 Dave. I see you Picard season 2 Dave. I don't need to watch you strike I know, from the record strike from the record I know that you are the worst show on TV strike from the record we are not here to criticise or critique shows that we've not seen I watched enough of Picard season nope. 1 and and I nope. tell you I nope. I, have, I refuse to watch nope. Picard season 2 I refuse to listen to but you. I have watched um, so much commentary about it online and I watch scenes from it on YouTube because no. I'm hungry for people to shit on it Dave, I first of all this is unacceptable <laughs> not how we do this podcast second of all stop talking You've been struck from the record. I just, this show is so unforgivable you that they unforgivable. Create, create such you were lowering a the bad of our show from such a beloved character. I know, he's my favourite character. And drag Patrick Stewart through this muck. You know what they willingly. need to make next? He willingly does it. Do you know what? They, of course he's getting paid But he dollars. is, what, what it turns out to be is that his... his his version of Patrick Stewart you, you in are, Extras where he is a terrible already screenwriter. You gave out about Picard last right, fine, year. Fine, okay? fine. So struck from the record. Now... 
Um, we are going to go to our I just hate what they've done to us. patrons' worst uh, TV of the year. Um, but before we do, um, we want to say thank you so much to everyone for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, please send us your best and worst TV of the year stuff we haven't mentioned. We'd love to hear from you because we really want recommendations. As you can tell, we watch a lot of TV. And if you've enjoyed listening to this, please head over to Apple Podcast or Spotify um, and rate us five stars. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, and now, shall we read our patrons' worst of the year? Everyone always has the most fun with the worst lists. It's, more, it's really <laughs> fun to shit on something. But we do it with kindness and we would never critique something we haven't watched. Of course, I would never <laughs> do that. Um, right, so here's some of the uh, uh, the worst TV from our patrons. So David Benyahia, um, he says the worst TV film. Um, uh, Rings of Power and She-Hulk are on his worst list. Now, a lot of people at She-Hulk, and it's, it's funny because you, uh, you and I both had them on our honourable mention. Yeah. But I get it. I can see, I, I, we've spoken to people in real life who did not like uh, Rings of Power had many issues with it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, and She-Hulk didn't work for a lot of people either. I mean, uh, and I think that's weird, fine too. Yeah. Um, Laura O'Dowd, her worst TV, Inventing Anna. Um, <gasps> oh, sugar! That was supposed to be one of my guilty pleasures. Inventing Anna. Anna. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was, was a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pam and Tommy, you watched a bit of that, didn't you? Oh, I did watch a bit of that. Yeah. She it says was... she's not a prude, but she couldn't get past the talking penis. There was a talking penis. The, he spoke to his own junk a lot. Uh, oh, great. I thought it was very good, and the actors are very good. But I, uh, like, I talked a little bit about Blonde in our in our film one. I think I just don't agree with this. Um, I think they should leave Pamela Anderson alone. Yeah. And I think that story has been exploited enough and doesn't need to be done again. That being said, they paid a fantastic uh, Tommy Lee and, and Pammy. <laughs> they did a really good job. They looked. They looked. They the looked part. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched yeah. two episodes of it, and they were very good. Yeah. Um, and Laura also has House of the Dragon on here as her worst. <laughs> she says it would have been okay, but for the gory birth scenes, and I, I'll agree. Hundred percent agree. Agree with you on that. Uh, they they were way too much. Did you notice that House of the Dragon was on none of my lists? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. interesting. I so just feel like you just feel. Nah, we about spoke it. about it enough this year, and yeah. Okay. That's all I have to say on it. Um, but I 100% agree with you on the birth scenes. Johnny Keys, his worst TV of the year, Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, a lot of people hated that. The Terminal List. Don't know what that is. No. Um, I'm so sorry. There seems to be a teenager who's gotten like a motorized tractor for Christmas. It looks, she's pre- just it looks pretty fun. Riding up and down next to us, and she's in a dressing gown. That's the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you live your life. Um, the and then he also has Obi Wan Kenobi, um, which I also cannot argue with. Um, Matthew Wallace Wells, his worst TV, The Sandman. He says it's so overblown and slow. Um, uh, we haven't watched it. And Blockbuster. Why was this even made? What's Blockbuster? No idea. Oh, I do know this one. This is um, it's a sitcom. Um, with Randall Park, I think is the guy's name, um, and it's set in the um, the last blockbuster in America, blockbuster video, oh, that's uh, kind of fun. which is kind of a good idea, but clearly, according to Matthew, not very good. <laughs> also, he says uh, it was well made, but Dammer made me feel like I need to have a good wash after every episode. That is a show I have no interest. Oh, in Oh, that watching. was like huge on Netflix this year. It was yeah. one of the biggest shows. I yeah, just don't. I just I don't, don't want to spend like, a second with. We, we don't like true crime like true stuff. Crime, yeah. I don't want to spend a second with Jeffrey. But I know the guy who's in it. Who's who's the guy who started in loads of American? Oh, Evan uh, Evan Peters is the guy's name. Or a, Evan something. He's a great actor. He's a very good actor. Yeah. Um, Paul Wallace. I want to shout out Paul Wallace uh, on one of our patrons for writing the most comprehensive list of best movie TV. um, And he wrote little commentary on all. Paul, I can't read it all out. um, But I do recommend if you're on our Patreon, 
uh, page um, go under the latest post with everyone's comments and read Paul's because he did a better job of uh, verbalising this than, 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 <laughs> than I have uh, definitely for sure but I'll read out his most disappointing series because I thought they were interesting uh, his most disappointing series The Rehearsal uh, he says I got turned off over time didn't know what it was about Nathan for you was breaking down get rich quick schemes and was realistic and believable but I found this convoluted possibly scripted it didn't help tie any themes together not beyond what I got in the first episode um, and he says to have I mean, the same the theme over and over different. again killed it for me as it was the same message I got initially with no other themes being introduced I don't yeah I don't disagree with that I think yeah, he is it, it is he, he, he is potentially making the same point over and over again but I still absolutely loved it uh, what were you saying sorry I was just saying though it, it ended quite differently than it began as well not on the theme point but like how they constructed the episode so I can see why if you really like the beginning you mightn't like the end and vice versa yeah it certainly doesn't start it doesn't end where it starts yeah um, he has the I, I, I thought Paul's were interesting because he, he has uh, um, uh, his most disappointing were uh, some of our best ones so it's always good to get <laughs> other perspectives uh, he says the patient uh, he says as this was created by the same people as the Americans my expectations were high for this going in there was some great acting by Steve Carell particularly but some unbelievable script choices broke my suspension of disbelief and it did not get better so funny he's um, not finished it. maybe he's finished it maybe we it's finished anyway. in the maybe, states maybe. maybe it's finished here yeah. now we haven't watched it in a few weeks um, and he has also has Gangs of London season 2 now we haven't seen any of this show but um, I know everyone loves season 1 but I do know it was made by the, the guy that made the raid Matt something um, or um, the Welsh guy and I love the raid and this is supposed to have great action so I, I would like to give it a look but uh, but Paul says I overall enjoyed season one greatly um, Soap Dirisu was amazing and his story was compelling with season two it was like they had him available for half a day hardly in it <laughs> and not much to do the B and C plots were awful I have got to believe that Gareth Evans thank you that's the guy creator, writer and director of the Raid movies wasn't connected to season two it was so bad I, um, I think you're right um, Paul I don't think he was really connected to season two or very tangentially so um, John Salmon do you want to read some of these out okay. Kathy? Uh, worst Moon Knight ooh uh, worst MCU thing since Falcon and What's-His-Face Miss Marvel which you didn't I don't think you really spoke about but you liked that one it was kind of middle for oh, I thought I thought overall it was pretty good but it's not great it's, it's just, just yeah but I also said to Dave about Miss Marvel because I watched a bit of it and thought it was good you are I'm sorry but you're a 38 year old man it's aimed at teenagers and you have to take yeah, that into account I'm sure you're, it not the, hit home you're not the audience I'm, um, I'm glad that it exists and I'm glad yeah, that, that it's it. giving Kamala Khan is a, is a yeah, she's really nice character I like that she's like a comic book geek and she and it, and it focuses a lot on her family and the Muslim community so I think that in, in, in yeah and I really liked I think it that's good. I just was like I'm too old for it yeah. um, Walking Dead finale I've heard a lot of people say that Peaky Blinders finale haven't heard anyone say that he has got the better called Saul finale and now he said basically oh. every finale this year was bad except the last kingdom and Dairy Girls the White Lotus and Severance the best finale of the year oh the White Lotus six episodes in and I've no idea what's going on and what it is or if it's worth carrying on it is because it's got a cracking yeah finale. go on go stick to the end John uh, one the more Peacemaker episode. Dave he's really against you and the boys uh, and Gangs of London Emma Curry says um not the worst but just the most mind-boggling the rehearsal can someone explain to me what I watched <laughs> um, Alexander Sykes worst shows House of the Dragon why continue to watch something I thoroughly disliked who can say me too uh, Alex I kind of had the same problem though I did think it picked up at the end uh, Moon Knight Obi-Wan and Boba Fett um, John Salmon uh, again I forgot to mention <laughs> the abomination that was She-Hulk where ironically the abomination was the only half decent <laughs> thing in it very good, very good. 
Tatiana Maslany was good as Jennifer, but the CGI and the narrative weren't. The CGI the is, whole of her is, wasn't. is pretty ropey in that. Um, but, I forgive bad CGI, though, but John, you know, fair enough, I agree. But I will, I will say, I think interesting, interesting there at the end uh, that everyone, I, I really like that everyone pulled out uh, a lot of our honourable mentions. Um, I will say, though, look up, um, look up on, the, um, on the, uh, uh, the CGI of She-Hulk, um, it's worth reading into the background of that because a lot of there's there's a lot of controversy around the VFX houses in the states being absolutely crunched by Marvel on unrealistic deadlines. Yeah, really interesting. Um, and, being and, um, pixel effed is the term. Is that the term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think to be fair, I think they you know I don't think the end product is great. Um, I agree with that, but I think you know they, they did I the best they could this, yeah. with whatever circumstances. Now they had. before there's no one near us, I'm going to try and do my white lotus thing. Okay, okay go go. Go. And I've built it up too much. Okay. <laughs> Cut it quick, out if it's quick, really quick. bad. Go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? So Are you out of breath now? <laughs> Was it worth it? Yes. If it's really bad, will you cut it out? If it's really, uh, if you really like that, leave us a five-star review on uh, um, on your podcaster of choice because Kathy just put a lot of it. I She's just, literally putting uh, her breath on I the line. I literally need to this. use my inhaler now. Um, yeah. And also, please message us all your TV stuff because we'd love to hear it. Head over to our best movies of the year because we've already uh, released that episode by the time we release this. And come join us on Patreon where we talk about TV all month long with our patrons and have the best fun. Um, and we also do retro movies um, where every month we watch an old film before 2010. That is the ruling. Yeah. Cool um, Runnings is next. Yeah, Cool Runnings is next, which I can't wait for. And we're going to be talking about The Last of Us when that comes out. Oh my gosh, yeah. We're going yeah. to be watching The Last of Us for sure. We're huge fans of Craig Mason, who wrote Chernobyl. And Dave is a huge fan of the video game. Uh, so really looking forward to that. And uh, looking forward to watching loads of great TV. And seeing you guys all next year thank you for listening um, we appreciate every, every single one of you who listens who downloads who gets in touch and we particularly a uh, big shout out to our patrons for all those amazing really long posts that you wrote about your TV and film of the year and we loved reading them and we think we managed to read something from everyone uh, yes. we hope we did so sorry if we missed anyone yeah um, and yeah thanks again to all our listeners for a great year uh, looking forward to walking home from the movies with all of you next year and thanks Cathy again for being a lovely wife and co-host and co-parent I wouldn't like to one. do this with anyone else except John Cena <laughs> but you also John have, I'm available but you also have a podcast yeah. with Kobe and Helen so you can't say that that's no but I mean this walking home from oh, yeah, our yeah. local cinema well it wouldn't obviously if John's going to come out to <laughs> Cork and walk home from but it wouldn't work with Kobe and Helen because they live in London if you guys don't yeah. know Dave actually has another TV podcast so he's got his darker materials with Helen O'Hara and he's got the wire stripped uh, which, which guys we season 4 is coming season 4 is coming yeah. it's mostly in the can we just it's, need to wrap it up we have we have talked to all the boys yeah. um, the boys of summer we've got and them all it's the definitive wire podcast the ringer tried to bring one out it was embarrassing yours is better yeah oh and we spoke to David Simon yeah. this year as well we spoke to David which is Simon. available you can li- go listen to our chat with David Simon now on the wire stripped yeah it's amazing um and you've spoken to loads of the stars, right? Including, like, Clark Peters, my personal fave. Yeah, Clark's been on the show a lot with us. Can't wait to hear all the boys, though. Um, okay, goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, see you soon. Bye. Happy New Year. Do you do?
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 